Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's episode 325. Palpatine is alive. I didn't die, Rich. Rich, how are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, not too bad, buddy. Not too bad. Just uh, had not a slight bit of a head cold, but uh, wow. you know, uh, I'm surviving. Did you touch death like I touched it? Remember last week I said I would basically touch death. You know, I was, I was gazing no, into the No, 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 nowhere near that bad. Nowhere near yeah, that bad. Yeah, wowee. I mean, I, I made a brave recovery on about Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, started to feel a bit better by about the Wednesday, and um, we're on Friday I mean, now. Had a, had a um, you know, a bit of a sore throat, which just gave me an excuse to eat ice cream. Yeah, well, that's a good point, Rich. Jesus. Um, Michelle's actually um, sick at the moment. She's got a really bad sore throat and um, sort of cold that she just came down with. She she got it when she was out this uh, week. It's, it's going around um, because um, a couple of people at work got sick. Mm. Uh, then I got sick, and unfortunately, then I made Alicia sick. So uh, it's been going around. I contagion, think um, Batman contagion. Yeah, but just the normal flu. Thank God. Like yeah. you know, it's good. It's good to see people getting the flu again. God, oh. it's almost like at some point everyone was just getting um, COVID. COVID, wasn't it? And everyone yeah. forgot about the flu. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, the flu can kill as well, um, especially if you're elderly or in poor health. It can certainly kill. Um, yeah, no, dark times, man, like back when I think back in those days, but, uh, yeah, hopefully Michelle gets better soon, hopefully you get better soon, man, and your girlfriend, you're all sick, I'm the only, I'm the only healthy one here, and I'm still grumbling and groaning, you know what I mean? Oh, no, 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 we're fine, we're fine. I I wasn't saying that when I was sick, I was like, yeah, I I, I said, I I said to Ray, I, I said I'm clinging on to the last thimble of life here, the only thing that's keeping me going is Deadpool 3, that's what I said at one point. You know, I, I was like, I was like, seriously, will to live low. You know what I mean? Like low, uh, health, poor, diagnosis, terminal. Then I thought of Deadpool 3 and how much I want to see it. And I was like, I guess I'll hang on for a little bit longer. You know? Just yeah. pull through, Dave. Just yeah. pull through. Just pull through, exactly. You've um, got so much people to live for. <laughs> I mean, I, for my own personal pleasure, I, I have things to live for, such as finishing Witcher. And stuff like that. I've got reasons of my own to live, but they're not that great. Do you know what I mean? They're not that amazing. Like, it's not like I'm saving Rome. You know what I mean? Like, a, you know, it's like, you know, yeah. Yeah, you better, better live for that, Dave. Yeah, like, yeah, man, if I was saving Rome, I'd want to live forever. You know what I mean? Let, let the empire never fall. You know, that would be. All empires must fall, my friend. Oh, what a shame. Uh, now, I have a very sad RIP to Arlene Sorkin, uh, the one and only. Harley Quinn, um, it, that's a real uh, tragedy, really. I mean, I think she'd had a long-term illness. I wasn't aware of it, but we do know her. She was the original voice and, and the inspiration for Harley Quinn. Paul Dini knew her in college. They were good college friends, and he based the character, you know, off some sort of an, a character she was playing at a party or something. I don't know the full story. Mm. But, um, I mean, just a real talent. You know, and she brought, I mean, a, a, a ton to Harley Quinn that made Harley come alive in that animated show from a very basic kind of like what could have been a very basic kind of, um, you know, hood kind of of the of the Joker. 
And, I mean, my God, look at how Harley is now. Um, I mean, any thoughts you have, Rich? Because I, I was very sad to see this. I wasn't aware she was ill. No, I, yeah, I saw that. I was really sad because, honestly, she's the only... She's the only Harley Quinn I've actually liked. Like, oh. um, I don't, I don't think Tara Strong or what's her name, Cuckoo Kelly or whatever the fellow name is. I, I especially Margot Robbie. I don't even think any of them. I mean, Tara Strong's done a pretty good job as well. Tara Strong's done a pretty no, good job. The problem with Tara Strong is, is I just hear the Rugrats in her voice. Um, it's, it's, it's oh. just her voice is so recognisable from the Rugrats okay. that I just, I just hear. Sure. You know, whenever she talks as Harley Quinn, I just hear Rugrats. So, wow. Who did she play in um, Rugrats? Oh, pretty much almost all the babies, really? I think. Well, um, we used to watch that show. Well, I didn't know that. And she's also been, she was a Powerpuff girl. So the problem is, right. is like for her voice, I just hear right those baby characters that she's done. Um, Cooper uh, Kelly. You know, uh, she's got that. Color. I know you enjoy the show, but nah, eh, pretty poor. What, the, the, the Harley Quinn animated show? Yeah, the the animated show, the the new one, I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you'd hate it, man, because it's it's oh, like I've seen some snippets of it, man. Oh, Jesus Christ! It pokes fun at all the stuff that you hold sort of sacred. Do you know what I mean? It, it's poking. I don't fun know. I'm not it. sure if making like uh, Alfred the super over the top gay queer <laughs> uh, sassy thing is. But it's fun all of it's all in, it's all a joke, man. Like it's a joke. The whole oh, thing. No, I agree a, with you. The a show comedy. is a joke. I, I like this. I mean, you can't watch the show and take it too seriously. Like it's 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 a. Oh, no, I don't take it seriously at all. I mean, Jesus Christ! Like I, I, the show I love this show. for me. I I must. I love the show, but that said, I mean, Arlene Sorkin uh, gave the definitive performance in my eyes. Like no one's touched it. I think Tara Strong's come close, but I mean, she's in the shadow of it. I mean, it's the original performance. It was groundbreaking. She did it for quite some time. Um. I mean, she set the gold bar standard. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to ever be topped. It might yeah, be. Yeah, she, might be she set the bar. She yeah, for sure. Hundred percent. Hundred one thousand percent, actually. Um, and I mean, and what a gift it's kept on giving for DC. Like that Harley character. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to believe. What was it? Probably about ninety five ish. That that uh, six that she debuted in in animated series. It must. It would have only been around then. You know. And my God, what an explosion in popularity from the character! You know, mm. um, it's amazing. Oh, yeah, really. yeah. You know, it's a, it's amazing. Honestly, like I I would think one of the most popular big two characters that have been created. You know, in the last thirty years, I would think. I think she's. Oh right God, yeah. And I mean, if she was even remotely um, uh, close to the character that she she was, I'd probably still enjoy her as a character, but. Um, oh. I just think she's far removed. Are oh, you talking about the current depiction? It's, it's it's literally a, yeah yeah. I, I just feel like it's a it's just a completely different. It's not. Are you, are you, at the end of the day, it's not that different. Like it's slightly different, but it's not that different. Harley. I mean, it's the same yeah. shtick. You know, I mean they've they've softened her. I guess you could say, so she's less of a villain. Is that what you mean? I don't even know what she is, bro. I don't even know if they know what she is. I mean, well, she's kind of a good girl. She's in one comic. She's the good guy in the other comic. She's this in the other comic. She's that. I feel like there's just no. uh, Oh, although to be fair, with DC's motto at the moment is Canon Schmenon, where fucking write whatever you want. Who gives a crap about Canon? So you know, it doesn't surprise me. (laughs) I mean, in general, she's written as 
sort of uh, bad girl with heart. But when I say bad girl, she's more of a scamp. You know, she's a good she's a good character really now. She's a good aligned character, but she's a total scamp in comparison to the sort of white knights around her kind of thing. That's that's her general persona. Yes, there are comics where they play her more, I guess, villainous. But I would say that's in the minority now, by far. You know, that's that's not been that way for. I mean, God, since New Fifty Two, really, and probably before then. I mean, yeah, well, the last time she was a villain was in Suicide Squad, but that's that's a dead fucking yeah. And that was now, and and so. that wasn't great, you know. Like that wasn't in in her main title was just so much better with uh, Jimmy Pomiati and Amanda Connor was just so much better than that Suicide Squad stuff. I tell you, a good Harley Quinn uh, comic was Gotham City Sirens that Paul Dini did. Did you ever read that? With it's got Catwoman and Poison Ivy in it as well. Oh yeah, 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 I do. I think I have. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've got the trade. For yeah, that. man, I've got the omnibus. Dude, it's really good. I only read it. I mean, I probably read it. Six- Actually, I got that in floppies as well. I think. Really? Wow. Um, I'm not sure when that came out, but I, 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 I oh, uh, early two thousands. Okay, okay, because I read it probably about six years ago, and I was amazed by how good it was. I, I really enjoyed it. Um. And I bought the actually bought the uh, omnibus. It was that was it. That was one of those nice pleasures where I picked it up. I didn't even know Paul Dini was writing it. I thought, look, I'm going to try it. I expected very little, you know what I mean. And I was I was and then I was like, oh well, this is a really good. It was a really good read. You know, it was one of those ones that you wish would have kept going. They, they oh could, yeah, yeah. You know. oh that's why I said <clears throat> that's why I said I kind of feel if if that had been the character mm. like it, it, from the cartoon and that comic that they did uh, I really enjoyed that version of the character even when she kind of went on her own mm. and did that sort of Gotham Girls but just to me the character has just gone so to the, the one side do you know mm. what I mean like what too wacky go, or what the, um, <clears throat> I think too over the top right. like like I felt like she straddled a, a good line mm-hmm you know what I mean? Where now I just feel like it's ludicrous. I just think it's like, even like that new sh- cartoon, mm. it just, it takes everything to the level of absurdity. Well, it's almost ludicrous style stuff, you know? I know, but I'm just saying, even sometimes in the comics now, it's, it's you know, it's like even when the uh, Palmiotti and Connor mm. did their thing, it was just like leaning so heavy into just absurdity. Sure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. Hey, look, it, again, that's not for me. It's, if other people are enjoying it and it's successful, then fucking have at it. I'm just saying, for me, it's not the character no, I enjoy anymore, so I don't don't follow it. Yeah, fair enough. Anime is a long way removed from the original uh, episodes of animated series, where she's literally the Joker's mole, and you know, and his girl, and you know, kind of Friday kind of thing, and like it's the absurd stuff. It's a long way from that. Although I will say. There's some really good episodes. There's a really good episode with her and Poison Ivy in the animated series. I think it's called Girls' Night Out. Um, excellent episode. Yes. Yeah, excellent episode. I, I, well, that's where they really started to develop the character and they realised that they had a hit on their hands. And Yeah, I mean, it's just... It, look, R.I.P. to, to Alan Sorkin. It, it, is, it is a real, real shame. Um, yeah. But um, other sad news, uh, Punisher creator Jerry Conway opened up about his fight with cancer. How apparently, he's been struggling with it, um, well, almost for a year, I believe, and has been in and out of hospitals and uh, had is cancer-free, but had a lot of um, 
uh, side effects of I think of the surgeries and the stuff they did. They were quite invasive surgeries. I was it was I only read it today. It only just came out. It was on CBR, and he's basically just letting fans know, really, to thank the hospital. Um, for all the work they've done with him and stuff. So, I mean, my God, like, we've had Jerry on the show, actually, and, I mean, the guy created Punisher and just did so much good work on, on you know, Superman and Spider-Man and, I mean, you, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, and many other things. But I'm, what I'm saying is he left such a mark on comics and um, really sad to hear that, actually, that, you know, I know he's an older guy. He's probably pushing towards 80 now, you know, um, mm. not no, it's it sucks, man. You know, cancer, it, it just hits. I mean, I'm not going to go into personal details, but I can think of people who are struggling with it right now that I know, and it just sucks. You know what I mean? Like at whatever age it hits you, it's a fucking nightmare. And it sounds like he had a really hard time of it in the hospitals with the surgeries and stuff. It it, it sounded pretty extensive. So our thoughts and mm. um everything go to. Jerry Conway. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever people's sort of, you know, uh, view on life is, cancer is never, oh, it's terrible, never a fun thing um, for anyone. hundred percent, man. And I mean, and he's given us so much good work over the many decades, you know. And it was an absolute pleasure to yeah. have on the show. A real, real. Have I had him on twice? I feel like I've had him on twice. Um, yeah, I think I have. Definitely actually. once. Yeah, I, I I I know I had a real pleasure of a time talking to him. He was a really nice guy, um, very chilled. You know, he's super chilled guy. wasn't wasn't like high on his own supply at all. You know what I mean? You you, you deal with some of these guys and and they carry a bit of heat with them, kind of thing. He didn't have that. He was kind of more just chilled. He was like chilled grandpa telling stories, mm. kind of thing. Which was a nice, 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 nice guy. Um, so I, I've got a new segment. I need you to help me pick it. Right now it's called Signal Pickups. Can we think of something better than that, Rich, for our pickups? I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to know what this is. Well, basically it's just saying if you've got any pickups in the week. like So in terms of like if you picked up like a, a, a fucking comic or trade or something that you want to mention or a game or something, you know, like something that's worthwhile, you picked up a box set, something that's worthwhile of show worthiness. So I've got a whole new segment. Right now it's called Signal Pickups. But I'm not actually that happy with just that title. Um, I would like to work in UFO somehow. Um, I just, <laughs> of course, you would. But but like we call it we call it signal dumpster diving. No, <laughs> no, it needs to be shorter and snappier. Signal bargain bin. Yeah, but it's not bargain bin. I mean, you, you, we're picking stuff up that's coming out. Could be a bargain. Could be a bargain. It could be, but that's not. If it's be good, a... it's a bargain, isn't it? Isn't that right? Yeah, but that's not going to be the title, man. We need to go. I said UFOs, Rich. I don't know what the fuck your your dumpster uh, dives. And, you know, something like abductions. Oh, uh, why, 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 why? What's that got to do with the segment of what you're proposing? I want to tie it in. Mine's fucking uh, make sense compared to yours. <laughs> I want to tie it in to the word signal. Signal abductions. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense at all. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> well, I'm not saying I've got the answer, but I'm, what I am saying, I'm putting it out you there. Really to, don't have the answer. I'm putting it out to the fucking listeners as well. I'm putting the listeners on notice, much like Caesar used to put the Roman people on notice. And if you have any suggestions for my new segment, which right now is being called Signal Pickups, but I'm not happy with that, and Richard has disallowed signal abductions. Um, yeah. Well, unless you stole it, unless we're talking about things that we've stolen. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you know, let's not get legal here. Um, yeah. 
Just can someone come up with something fucking witty and catchy and short? I don't want anything long, okay? I want something nice and short and catchy. Richard, you're you're a man behind the throne, so you've got a week to think about this as well, okay? So you've got time now to, you know, after the show, cogitate, spin the old grey cells around, man. Maybe have a glass of port or something and get the get the the synapses firing. And then you can write in and you can be a winner, Rich, as well. <laughs> you can be a winner, Rich. You can do I'm it. I'm already a winner, Dave. <laughs> I know, but you can win the whole enchilada, man. Sick of it all, man. All the glory you know, will be that's, that's illegal. You can't, you can't enter your own sweepstakes. That's I'm running the fucking show, man. I, so I'm making the fucking rules. You, you, you don't realise who you're dealing with here. I'm the dark well, emperor. Making the rules, you're making a lack of rules. Yeah, I've said, I've said before. If I have to do this stupid Discord thing, I'm, I'm seriously, it's going to be lawless, you know. And when I go in there, I might go in there like Judge Dredd into the cursed air with like shotgun or something. But I'm not going to police the mean streets every fucking day, like handing out traffic tickets. You know what I mean? Like, fuck it, man. Law of the jungle in there. Um. Anyway, we're getting away from what I was saying. For right now, it's called signal pickups. Okay, now I'll throw it to you first, Rich. Do you have any pickups of any games, books, anything at all, TV shows, anything at all that you've purchased in the last week or acquired? I don't need to know how you got it. Anything worth mentioning at all? Uh, I haven't bought it yet. I'm buying it on Monday, but I I was in JB Hi-Fi and saw the Superman Fleischer Blu-ray. Oh, cool. For like 25 bucks, which I will be picking up. So that's, that's good. a future pickup. That's good. Well, that's 60s, yeah? Is that right? 50s, 60s, something like okay. that. Is yeah. it in black and white or color? No, 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 no. It's color. Okay, cool. All right. Well, that's cool. Well, there you go. So, Richard. These are the ones that kind of like the, um, the Fleischer cartoons is kind of what the Batman and Superman were based on when um, Bruce Tim did it. Okay, like really? That, that's kind of the style they were going for, kind of. Or the, the, I've heard the of it. I've heard of it, but I'm not sure if I actually know it. You know what I mean? I've I've heard of it. Have you ever? It's time. It has phenomenal animation. Like okay. seriously, some of the best animation. And what? It's a, on Blu-ray, JB Hi-Fi. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'll purchase it myself. Fuck it. There you go, man. You've you've um, you know, you should work in sales, man. I guess you do. I do work in sales, Dave. There Thanks you go. You do work in sales. That's right. And you've just sold something. Sold it, man. You know, and wow, what a shame you're not at work. You can lock in a commission and everything. You're working for free, man. It's just ingrained in you. Wow, man. I'm such a winner yeah. with that commission. <laughs> yeah, what, a, what a win. He's such a winner. Here it is. Max Fleischer, Superman. Is this it? 1941 yep. to 43? Oh, there you go. I was, I was even... Jesus. I was 50s, there you go. It's even 40s. Wow. We're going way back it's in time. It's fantastic, though, man. It is, is it? fantastic. Okay. I have, look, I'm sure it is. I, I, have, I have heard it mentioned many times. Um, oh, Dave, here's the thing. You know, the um, it puts... Now, to be fair, Hanna-Barbera and all that, they were doing shit on the cheap, right? Mm-hmm. Like your Funimation, Hanna-Barbera. But this this cartoon puts any anything to shame that you can think of. Uh-huh. that were coming out when we were watching cartoons, right? Maybe the closest thing would be a bit of He-Man, but that's because they did the rotoscope right. where, you know, they actually filmed actors and that's why it had that really, like, fluid sort of motion. Right. The Fleischer stuff is better than pretty much all that Hanna-Barbera Funimation stuff, like, Top, back in the what day. What about like, Top Cat? Just, just animation-wise, just the movements, 
like him like flying and stuff and all that. It's just yeah. What about Top Cat? Oh, the flight <laughs> sheet is where the him flying came from. Okay. Really? Um, so, I, really? so I believe it was that he they had him sort of leaping all the time, but to save sort of money, they were like, can we just make him fly? <laughs> so that we can just not have to animate him jumping all the time. And I believe that's I believe that's where the flying came so from. So it's from the forties, really man. Wow. It's way back there. I didn't realise that. You know what I've got? You know what I have, Rich? I have something some Superman animated thing that is from I think the sixties. It's and that's the one I used to watch as a kid. It's color, and it's like probably late sixties. And it, it, I also got that at JB Hi-Fi, and I got the Batman one as well on Blu-ray. Um, and it's mm. like it's so it's it's it's. Um, I, I know the one you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, it's good as well. Sixties or seventies, you know. As a, all that stuff was enjoyable, man. But but the Fleischer, yeah. I'm sorry, just like it, it's on its own. Okay, it's on its own level. Wow, cool. Oh, well, that's cool. I mean, I remember as a kid, a little kid, watching Superman, that, that one that I bought. So I've got a real nostalgic memory of it. And in the middle of it, they had the Superboy inserts, which sadly aren't included in the um, Superman DVD, which is so unfortunate because it was actually included in the show, which I watched as a kid, because they cut it in, the Superboy stuff. Um, but I think due to rights issues with Superboy, they had to take it out. But regardless. But anyway, well, that's good. So you should do a review of that when you get it, man. Like, you know, watch some of it and you can come back and do a review. There you go. Giving you a little job. There you go, Rich. Um, okay. Yeah, that's I'll it, review man. something from 1941. Yeah, do it. I've seen exactly. Do it. Yeah, do it. Don't talk about it. Do it. <laughs> well, how about, actually, how about we just actually we do, say I did it. No, actually, do talk about it. Do talk about it. You need to talk about it. We don't have to watch the whole fucking thing. You can watch one or two episodes and then come back with your thoughts. That's it. Oh, dude, the episodes are only like five minutes long. Really? Well, these are so these were the the things they used to do in the in the movies. Oh, so, like before a show would start, or like if oh. if it was a long one and they had an intermission, these were the little five minute cartoons that they would play before. I'm such an idiot. I didn't realize that. I assumed that it was like. Yeah, I yeah, I guess we're talking back in the forties, aren't we? There was a fucking mm-hmm. war on for starters, like <laughs> in between, like you know, and the Americans have landed in Italy, <laughs> rolling back the yeah, Nazi war machine. <laughs> we're doing twenty-two minute uh, animated episodes. Back in <laughs> we got we got rubble on the run, that kind of stuff, and then you know, the mm-hmm. <laughs> it comes in Superman flying around. Yeah, wow. Okay, now now I'm starting to dig it more. Now that I've discovered my time and place and realised that we're back in the 40s, Dave. It's not fucking 1975. <laughs> Which, well, okay. Um, for signal abductions, um, I've got... Uh, the, my Fragapendium finally came in. This is my book of Lobo, the entire history, which it's massive. It's like a fucking phone book. Um, and it's similar to those books on Batman and Superman I got that are sort of encyclopedic. And, you know, do you remember I got those things and, and they're sort of like um, the Batcave Companion and the Superman one, whatever it was called? Mm-hmm. It's similar to that, but for Lobo. So it's really interesting. And I've only just, I, I was so happy that I got delivered. I'm just so happy with it. I also got um, a hardcover book on the history of Star Trek. Um, it, it's like the 50-year voyage. And this covers mm-hmm. the first 25. And also uh, a nice book uh, was recommended 
by John Suntrell from Word Balloon about the history of Comic Con. San Diego, San Diego Comic Con. Um, from the very okay. beginning, like the from the seriously when it starts, like in the late sixties and seventies or whatever, and um, yeah, and and the whole movement and stuff. And apparently, it's really interesting. The guy did a whole podcast on it as well, and I've heard him on John Suntrell, and it's super interesting. Um, and he got he got tons of people on the record, you know, um, from from back then. So yeah, I, I picked those ones up, and they all came in. But uh, the Fragapendium, I'm just carrying that thing around like the fucking Bible. You know what I mean? I just you, you walk. I'm walking around the house with that tucked under my arm. You know, just why not? Oh, totally, man. Joe, I'm taking fucking questions. Also, my Silver Age Batman omnibus came in. Remember how I said I'm going to be collecting the Silver Age Batman and Superman omnibuses? Well, mm-hmm. it started the first. Um, Omnibus came in, and I intend to collect them all. I intend to collect all the Silver Age Batman and Superman. Gotta collect them all. Well, why not, man? You know, because uh, exactly. let's face it, I'm I'm getting less and less sort of current product or even recent, like because I've covered so many bases. Like this is actually all fresh territory, and it's a lot of fun. You know, like it gets wacky, it gets crazy, but I mean, I love this kind of stuff. You know, so I mean, I'd be happy to keep going silver and in silver and bronze age, and just. If I keep if they if they issue say three or four a year, just pick those up. Like why not? You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not gonna break the bank or anything and you, you build up a nice collection over time. So that like in say five, ten years you look and you're like, Man, I've got a fucking shitload of the Batman and Superman from the sixties and seventies on my fucking mm. shelves, you know? Um I mean I've got the all the Batman Brave and the Bolds. They put those out in three omnibuses and I got them all. They're excellent. A lot of Neil Adams in there. Uh, Bob Haney writing, like, a lot of good art, man. You know, like in the, in that era from the seventies, um, and they put those out. Um, but the Batman Bronze Age stuff, they're gonna get through the Silver Age first. I calculated it. I think it's gonna be about six or seven omnibuses each, at least, for, for for Batman and Superman each. You know, oh, that's quite a lot. Yeah, but you know, but it's good. Yeah, I mean, it's good I, stuff. I'm not saying like it's a bad thing. And you get to chart how things develop during the Silver Age. So by the end of the Silver Age, it's kind of, you know, it's not like suddenly one day they woke up and it was completely bronze. It, it evolves. You know what I mean? Um, so things are different in 67, 68 to how they were in 60, 61. Like there's a lot of evolution going on in the, in the comics. So I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm, 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 I'm actually excited. Uh, I'm happy to be alive and glad that I battled back from my illness, my death, you know. It was reported in the press, I believe, that I died. You know, weeping. Oh, oh was it now? Weeping I must have missed that headline. Yeah, weeping in the streets, man. You know, there was there was people. Oh, that's what that that's what that flash flood was. Yeah, just just like people just couldn't grasp it. You know, a lot of people, including you, lost your electricity because of all those tears. All, yeah, I, all that... my internet went went out for uh, like half a night. I was I was in we we're in right at the end of a Sokatano episode. And fucking the internet went out, and then you know the next day it was back up, and it was literally like two minutes before the end of the episode. <laughs> so oh, we've sat down to watch it, we sat down watching it, and then it cut to Ray Stevenson who said something, and then kind of looked all puffed up and proud. And I thought to myself, that feels like the end of an episode. The way you said that, and then the credits came up, and it was like two minutes. <laughs> and I was oh, like, right. it was almost like barely worth even turning on. Um, now, and segueing into discussion of that show, um, yeah, so the third episode came out. Uh, it's enjoyable. I mean, 
I, you know, I'm hearing positive things from my friends over in the States in general. I'm not saying it's unanimous, but I'm certainly hearing a lot of Rebels fans are very excited. Um, uh, I know Disney put out some numbers. There were some reports. The viewership was down. They've, put, they've counted with their own numbers. I mean, I don't believe anything streamers say about their numbers. They could say anything. They could say, oh, 50 billion people watched it. You know, they don't have... You know, it's just... It, it's just bullshit. But... I don't know. As a show, we're enjoying it. Um, not a ton happened this episode. It's it's all to do with finding Ezra, who, if my memory serves, at the end of Rebels, he was fighting Thrawn, and they both vanished on some ship, went to the you know some other galaxy or something. Didn't they go on? Didn't they both get on some ship that just vanished into hyperspace a billion miles away? Is that how it ended, Rich? Yeah, because of some tentacle monster or something. Something like that in Rebels, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I barely remember to God. It was such so terrible, such terrible writing. Yeah, well, I'm not saying it sounded great either, but anyway, in this episode, um, uh, what's the name? Sabine and oh. Ahsoka are flying, and they're being chased by sort of like Ray Stevenson has like a little um, like junior Jedi, like it's almost like um, Qui Gon and Obi Wan. He has like a little evil sidekick mm-hmm. chick who's who's following them and stuff. It's good. There's some good. Um, battles. Anyway, the, you see the space whales, and my research was telling me these space whales, they're sort of like big... Uh, bl- yeah, something to do with the space whales or something. Yeah, well, you see them, and Sabine said, oh, that's the first time I've seen them since Ezra disappeared. Um, yeah, oh, look, it's entertaining, and uh, there's there's one guy in there, Rich, and I think I forgot to mention it. I swear to God, it looks like fucking Snake Eyes, Snake Eyes has joined uh, Star Wars. This, 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 he's a baddie, but like his design, it's like they're ripping off Snake Eyes. It seriously does, and he doesn't talk. Uh, really, he, he doesn't talk. He's like he's in that black. Like it's not like like for like, but it's similar. And he's got like a black helmet, and like he's like a ninja, and like he's just a badass. And you know, um, I said to Michelle, man, the Snake Eyes like crossed over. Yeah, uh, have Hasbro licensed out Snake Eyes to the Dark Jedi? <laughs> It's the classic case of a character, uh, I mean, Star Wars is famous for this, who's cool that you know nothing about other than their costume mm. and he does a few fancy moves. like yeah. and, then, and then when they fill in the, the background and all that, it's terrible. Well, you wish they wouldn't, you know? Yeah, that's when you wish they wouldn't. Yeah, you're just like, oh, I preferred it when I was an, an enigma, you know? Well, I, I, the f- problem is you keep using the character, just you don't have to explain the character that much. Sure. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? Right. Like, like Boba Fett. You could have kept using Boba Fett. We didn't need a Boba Fett backstory or, or anything like that. You know, like I, I certainly didn't need to know that he was a clone of a Django and <laughs> yeah. all that sort of crap. And you know, I do blame George for that too. Like, mm. you know, that's why I said the prequels have the issues and all that. But, um, yeah, um, yeah, I'm sure. Look, uh, what the, everyone thought Phasma was going to be this cool fucking badass character and just turned out to be an absolute joke. So, well, some people did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like I never quite understood. You know, you know. I saw her in the trailer mm. with the chrome. You know, a stormtrooper or first order trooper in chrome mm. with like a cape and all that. Come on, people were like, "Man, that what the fuck? That looks cool. That's mm. going to be some you know badass villain of the first order or you know mm. mighty warriors shit." But then when the movie came out, pff, literally did nothing in in any of the movies. Yeah, like, she was useless. Boba Fett. <laughs> but but I would say that that it was a um. I would say missed opportunity. I mean, it's not hard. Like, considering how bad those sequel movies were and just how poor they were, 
considering that they had this hit on their hands of Captain Phasma, you easily could have ridden her better parts in two and three. Easily. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the fact they didn't is just more points to their general almost apathy, you know, and, and lack of awareness. Because they did have this hit on their hands, and it's like, well, you know, things hit. Like, she looked cool. Things Things hit, and... Audiences sometimes dig things more than the studio thinks they will. A smart studio plays to that, you know. Um, mm. But they didn't. They just, the, the, in in fact, they just kept doing what they'd always done with that for character and gave her basically nothing. And it was like, man, what a wasted opportunity! Like because she did look cool, um, and you easily could have done something with that. But you know, I will say this: I think that the. Uh, it, just from what I'm seeing, I think what Favreau's doing is so much more in tune with Star Wars in general, the vibe of it than those movies. I think he has shifted it back a bit more towards the basic Star Wars fan. You know, it feels more like Star What I'm trying to say is it feels like Star Wars when I'm watching it. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying it's fantastic. I'm just saying it's. I feel he shifted it away from the mess they were in. You know? Yeah. Well, the problem is, is no matter what they do, for me, it just always feels like we have Star Wars at home. Like it just, it doesn't feel. It feels like the Chinese knockoff right. version. You know what I mean? Or you, you know, when it, when you see those knockoff superhero toys or sure. or something like that. Because the problem is, is what they're doing now is they are borrowing from Legends, but they're doing it poorly. Mm. So yes, they borrowed Admiral Thrawn, but they've done him poorly. Yes, the now now with these the the two dark Jedi's that they're using, it's clearly a, a kind of a ripoff of um, uh, Darth Bane um, mm-hmm. and oh fuck, I'm trying to remember the name of his apprentice because uh, she was also like a girl, like a blonde girl, and he was this big hulking guy and all that sort of stuff. Like right. it's clearly, you know, no, we've got Darth Bane at home, sweetie. Like I'm sorry, it's just everything about the Star Wars is just so. You don't like it. It's just so cheap and knockoff. You oh. know what I mean? As I said, even the lightsabers feel like cheap knockoffs to me. They just, the way they light up, it looks like a toy. It looks like they're holding a toy. I'm sorry. Like, um, it doesn't look anywhere as good as them, which is so funny because I've seen people on YouTube do better um, lightsaber uh, effects mm. than than what I, you see in these shows. They don't like so, the lightsabers in, in, the, in the shows. Okay. No, I don't. I, they just they look like toys, man. They don't look right. Okay. It's All something right. about the lighting that they do that just They doesn't... don't look as good as the original lightsabers in the movies, which oh, I think they had... don't look as good as yeah, the prequels or even the Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously the originals, but like like I kind of feel like the prequels kind of had the best lightsabers. Well, I feel like also they... the best lightsaber fights. I feel yeah, oh, I hey, agree. Can I just say something? Thing before we move on to that, mm. I'm getting very sick and tired of um, <laughs> every single person surviving a fucking lightsaber uh, thrust yeah, to, really. to the gut. I'm really getting fucking sick of it now. Like, are they dangerous or not? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, let me tell you, when I saw that, I, I think that was just to shock you. That was a shock factor to say, oh, Sabine, who they just brought back, could she possibly have died? I think that was just it literally shocked the audience. Like anything could happen. I think that was the feel they were yeah, going but, for. You know? But the problem is, is they've done it in every single um, in every single show. Someone has taken a lightsaber thrust. Um, mm. In fact, in 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 the Obi Wan show, it happened to two. It happened to the Inquisitor and the Reba, whatever her name fucking is, or whatever. I don't know. Like, 
Do you know what I mean? Mm. I just, I'm sorry, like, I, I just don't... Yeah, I would have thought a, a lightsaber through the gut would pretty much be a death sentence. Um, but I... I the well, at least crippled you. You know what I mean? At least, like... Yeah. Well, let me tell you, Sabine, Sabine shrugged that one off like it was like a... Like a, was like like a, a oh, it's but a flesh wound. <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> look, I like the character, um, and I'm glad she survived, but um, she did... Look, dude, she shrugged it off, man. Like, she, she looked like she was dead. And then the next scene, she was in bed, and they'd already fixed her up, basically. And she was sort of like, and now she's fine completely, you know? Um, but well, whatever, man. I mean, it's it's the same as in TV shows, how everyone used to get shot on the shoulder, remember? And if they got shot on the shoulder, it was like the equivalent of a scratch on the finger. Do you remember that? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, but we are talking about Star Wars here. Like, I mean, at least in the original Star Wars, like, it, it, you know, I mean, for God's sakes, Qui Gon got, um, he, he got, he got, he got, sh- he got yeah, shaken. He, he got killed. Yeah, he died. I know. I know. I know. I know, man. I, what can what can I say? I mean, that said, you know what? Like, the actual show is pretty good. Like, I think, anyway. I, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm giving it... I, I'd give it a 7.5 out of 10 so far. Like, Michelle and I are enjoying it. Um, no one's letting the look, side down, you know? And Dave, I, look, I'll say this. I'm not... I, again, I, I don't begrudge anyone because, like, l- l- okay, you have watched Star Wars, but unlike me, you've not lived Star Wars, right? You, sure. haven't, you haven't been reading all the novels and all that sort of no. stuff for 20 years. So I understand why there are people that enjoy these Disney... Star Wars stuff because you know what I mean it's not ruining anything for them or it doesn't contradict anything or it doesn't compare with anything so I get it I understand why people can enjoy it and I certainly don't have any issues with people that do enjoy it it's just that I can't I can't that's the thing like you've almost read too much of it you know yeah and you've sort of entrenched it I mean look I I hear you I, I get your point I mean like I'm reading those um Han Solo um, origin books uh, that were done, I, I don't know when they were done, I think in the 90s or something, and they're really entertaining. And um, there's, you know, so much better than the very lackluster, you know, um, threadbare origin they gave him in his movie. You know what I mean? And like, it, but it's like, it, I guess what I'm trying to say is, if I'd read those three books and thought that was the, and I did read some Han Solo stuff as a kid that was so much better than that movie. But to me, they're two different mediums, and it's a long time between the two. You know, I mean, you've, it's it's like when they adapt fucking Age of Ultron. You know, they take the title and they make their own fucking movie, and or they and they call it Civil War, and then they do their own thing, and really, it just becomes a fight in a fucking car park. Um, mm. do you, like so, that's what they always do. So I I I would I would say that as well, like. I don't think even if even if they had never sort of said we're going to retcon it all, which I know they did, but if they'd adapted it, they would have done their own thing anyway, you know? And mm-hmm. they would have changed it up and fucked it around. They never would have done a page-by-page recreation of the books, you know? The only person yeah, who, uh, who might have done that would have been George Lucas back in the day, you know? Yeah, and, and again, I don't... I don't have a problem with that. My issue is if they just said, look, we're going to adapt some things, change some things, then it would have been fine. But they threw it all out. Yeah. 
and then when they were failing and floundering, sure. then yeah. they try and and jury rig or yeah. <clears throat> Um, uh, uh, try and uh, create this Frankenstein monster mm. because there was no planning. That's what pisses me off. It's not that they're using it. It's that they're using it out of desperation now and, and just rushing to like, oh, let, let, you know, this is going to make all the fans think of Darth Bane and uh, mm. and, and shit and, you know, oh, Thrawn. People love Thrawn, Earth of the Empire. Get, get him in. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and as I said, their version really undermines Thrawn because... They brought him into the Rebels, mm. and yes, was he smart and all that, but at the end of the day, he still kept losing Yeah, like, to, to the Rebels, whereas in Heir to the Empire, he's this unknown factor that just comes in, mm. right, who's been, like, he's been fighting shit on the borders, mm. you know, so he's almost like in the Romans, you know, he's... he's on the frontier. Uh, he's on the frontier kind of thing, and he comes in and just fucking decimates, you know, the Rebels. Yeah. Like, they don't know what to do with the guy and, and shit, like... That guy was dangerous. Yeah. But I, I don't feel like this one is. That's but they the don't. This is the thing. Like, Disney don't want to let the bad guys have too many wins, you know, at the end of the day. Mm. Like, like honestly, like, it, it also boils down to that. Like, I agree. They knew to the character. Um, What's the term in, in, in um, fucking video games? Nerf it. Like, they... they, 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 they they take this cool character, who even I know about, like he's this awesome guy. And yeah, they make him that kind of hapless fucking almost mustache twirling, you know, kind of villain who's defeated at the end of the Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> and how seriously can you take that? You're beaten by kids, you know? And Yeah, yeah, yeah a bunch of rabble rabble. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's the difference between these books, which were breaking new ground, which wanted you to have villains that actually get some wins because you realise they're a very worthy adversary, but you put them into the kids' show and the kids have to beat them. And, you know, again, as you say, he fails again and again and they can't let him have the win and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's kind of bullshit. Uh, it it, it kind of sucks. It, it's it's corporate, you know, always playing it safe. Um, yeah, I mean, look, they're talked about. He hasn't turned up on the show yet. He, has he turned up in anything live action at all or not? It's just all talk so far. Is that right? Is yeah, this will be the first live action. Okay, movie. I'm looking forward to that. I'm Clearly, he's going to show up. I am looking forward to it because I've heard so much about this guy that I'm like, fucking do something, you know. And I do like all the back stuff, uh, stage stuff with the Imperial warlords who are sort of like holding conferences on in hologram forms and stuff and like, that's all cool. Like, both Mandalorian Season 3 and this have a lot of that. So, um, Filoni and whoever else are really building that up. Like, the whole... The Empire has got a lot of agents throughout the whole New Republic because they've hired a lot of Empire people and a lot of them are still loyal to the Empire. So, there's, that's interesting. Mm. Like, see, this is something that the fucking movies should have done some coverage on, which they didn't. Or if you remember, JJ didn't, you know, deign to give us any explanation. Um, so that's interesting. And I think well suited to TV. So these are the kind of things where I'm like, I'm enjoying it. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting here. It's not breaking bad, you know, in terms of quality, but it's a 7.5 out of 10. No one's turning in a bad performance. Uh, the special effects seem good. I, we really like the ships and stuff. Like, it's very Star Wars-y feel. It's got a, it feels a lot more, a lot more like Star Wars that I was always hope we would have gotten. You know, back in the day, back in the 80s and 90s, I, I, I'd hoped we'd... And, of course, 
you know, the technology probably wasn't there, but I was hoping that they would do this kind of stuff on TV then because I could sense the opportunities where you could tell not everything would have to be a feature film. That's how I was. I was always, I was always like, why aren't they making TV shows about Star Wars? You know? Um, so I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it. You know, I, I don't think it's worthy of a movie or anything, but I think it's, it's entertaining. And for someone, uh, and I hate to say this because I know everyone loves Rebels and Clone Wars, I, I fucking find that the uh, animated animation really challenging on both of them and it's really kept me from watching them and, and I it's just my personal taste for that animation I just I I find it I find it hard to take seriously frankly and maybe it gets better than what I've seen but I've always I've always I mean do you know what I mean rich I've always found the animation in both those shows kind of annoying uh, yeah, I can. I mean, I can see it. I can understand it. It's not yeah. for. It's definitely an acquired, yeah, taste because it's a very stylized. Um, uh, it's definitely a very stylized animation. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and look, I gave Rebels more of a chance. I've hardly seen any Clone Wars, but I, I gave Rebels more of a chance and actually was enjoying it. I think I watched the first season and a bit of season two, and I, I just, I sort of stopped watching it. But I always mean to go back and watch it. But um, I don't know. I. All I can say is, so far, it's a thumbs up. Um, you know, I think everyone's... Um, I couldn't say Ahsoka Tano. Like, what's her character? Because she's very subdued. Is that her normal character? Just sort of very uh, chill. No, she... I guess they're trying to show that she's grown right. as a character because, obviously, she was way more, like, um, uh, boisterous, rebellious. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it, it, I, that what they were trying to do, I guess, was give Anakin someone who was like him. Right. You know, how, like, Anakin's always, like, whining and carrying on and wanting yeah. to do his own thing and thinks he knows better. So uh, Yoda thought it would be a good lesson for him to, um, you know, see what it's like to fucking try and train someone like that, I guess, is right. the best way to yeah. explain yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Well... Look, she's chilled. I mean, I like the actress. She's very chilled. I will say that. It's a very chilled performance. Like, and, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't know what more to say about it other than it's cool. Um, it's doing stuff that I w- had wished they'd done probably five years ago, you know. Um, I, I, I think this was the kind of stuff that I was hoping for from um, Disney when they acquired it originally. It took them a while to get there. I mean, Jesus Christ, it took them a while, but... They finally, for me, seem to be on the on a track where I'm enjoying the shows. Certainly, a lot more than the Marvel shows. Like, I, if I put this against Secret Invasion, this is far more watchable. You know, and it also feels like a lot more money's been spent on it. It actually, I don't know if it's true, but it feels like the special effects and stuff feel really top notch. You know, uh, whereas Secret Invasion felt very low low beat. You know. Um, now you have some stuff here about what's this about Grand Turismo Gate Ridge? What's going on? Oh, <laughs> um, so um, Warner Brothers called out Sony mm. for including pre-show figures into their movies opening weekend in an mm. attempt to topple Barbie from number one spot in its fifth week. So obviously, Barbie's been at the number one spot uh, for right. like four weeks, and was supposed to be the fifth week. It was going to be number one again, and then Grand Turismo came out and it's like. Uh, we got number one and all that, but apparently um, uh, they had like, <clears throat> so obviously everyone includes their Thursday numbers uh-huh. for those pre-sales, but they actually had like a pre-showing right. before that. 
Right. Which apparently um, uh, they were including in the figures, which some people have done, and apparently Warner Brothers have done it as well in the past and all that, but clearly they just want to have that record. Um, Who cares? For as long as possible, so they just like uh, yeah. <laughs> they, they they just be trying to take everyone to task. Like, no, no, they didn't. They cheating. <laughs> just like so, who gives a I shit? It's funny. Yeah, I mean, it is funny because like it's just the bragging rights of the fucking executives. You know, like mm. it's just who gives a shit. Look, I can, I do kind of understand. Let's be honest. Warner Brothers haven't had a win. You know, mm. uh, they've they've been batting. Pretty poorly. Um, <laughs> you know, is Barbie uh, a Warner Brothers movie? Have been, have been flopping or, or floundering or whatever you want to call it. So it I, is, can, it, I can kind of understand. Is Barbie that. a Warner Brothers movie? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that, that is a um, that is a. Uh, so you, you can see why they wanted to hold on to that. that yeah, definitely. They, they've and, definitely they've definitely had their um, they've definitely had their their failures <laughs> in recent. Years, I would say. So, yeah. Uh, Michael Kellisham noted that cinema, Sunday was Cinema Day in the US where tickets were promoted at $4 each, which bolstered the box office of Gran Turismo, Blue Beetle, and TMNT. Um, I want to watch that Turtles movie. Um, is that out yet Yet in Australia? Uh, no. Uh, I, had, I, almost, I was going to get free tickets for it, but uh, I turned it down. Wow. Why? Well, because we would have had to have gone with families and stuff and all that with kids, and so I was like, "Nah, I don't want to." Okay, do that. right, okay. Oh, you didn't you didn't want to mingle with the uh, with the general public? No, no, not the, the, the kids. The kids like, going crazy. It, w- it would have been like a Sunday, and it was like a family thing. <clears throat> so it was like, "Hey, bring your kids, bring your family." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I think I'll go at night and watch it sometime." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when the kids are in bed. yeah, yeah. I remember I once went and saw the Hobbit. I think it was the first Hobbit, and you know, which is a long movie. And and people had brought little children who were just running right in the cinema, and it's like you know you do realize these movies they're not exactly for little little kids. Like the, in terms of their attention span, like I don't blame a kid for getting bored in a three and a half hour movie. You know, mm. like they're long fucking movies, and it was selfish. The kids were running around, people were complaining. It was just I, I was just like, oh my god, like I wish I wasn't here. Um, but yeah, they'd be going crazy in the turtles um, thing. Which I'm sure it'd be a lot more entertaining than the slow pace of the Hobbit. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, I watched Pattern on this week. Have you ever seen this movie, Rich? Oh, years ago. Yes. Really enjoyed it, man. I'd never watched it. I've had it on my drive, meaning to watch it for ages. And Michelle was out, um, uh, minding someone else's uh, pet, actually, on on the last weekend, and um, I was sick, and I was like. I just need to watch something. You know, I, I, I didn't have any energy, and I thought, I'm going to watch Pattern. I've been meaning to watch it. It's really good. Um, really enjoyed that movie, and a really good war movie, a good character study. Like, I know it's considered a classic, but sometimes you watch some classics, and you're like, yeah. But I was like, no, this is a genuinely good, you know, good war picture, and mm. I, I felt a pretty even-handed portrayal of, of Pattern as well. Like, I, I felt it was, I felt they got the tone right, basically. Um Really good performance by what's his name, George C. C. Scott. Um, I believe his name is. Um, he gave a very good performance. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd recommend that to anyone who's um, likes a good World War Two movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It was it was a lot better than I expected as well, actually, because I it's one of those movies that I've been meaning to watch for so long, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch it now. It's long, very enjoyable. 
Um, I still think a lot of the World War Two movies, they made a lot of good ones, you know? When I rewatched um The Longest Day recently, I was like, man, what a good movie, you know? Mm. Uh, I just thought, like, honestly, like, it's just a really good film. And um, I watched the John Wayne one, um, Sands of Iwo Jima, um, which I hadn't seen before. Um, mm-hmm. That's a good one as well. You know, there's some really good ones. Like, you know, you've got to be a bit selective because I know there's lots, but... It did generate a lot of good movies, you know, in terms of Hollywood. They definitely pumped them out, I think. Um, so, yeah, no, check out Pattern if you're interested in a good war movie, I would say. And as well, a very modern sensibility. Uh, the way it's shot, like it's shot in 1970, um, it holds up. You know, it really holds up as you feel like you're back in the time period. Like, it, it, you know those movies, Rich, where it's just, I don't know, there's just something about them. You, it really evokes the time and place kind of thing, and mm-hmm. and a very strong lead performance as well, which really helped. Now, Richard, we were... Oh, I meant to mention this, by the way. Uh, for those out there, I am seriously probably two hours away from finishing The Witcher Main Story, Rich. Um, I'd love to know how many hours I've spent on this fucking game, because I reckon it's in the hundreds, seriously. Uh, I'm sure there's a way to find out, actually. Yeah, well, I reckon it's in the hundreds, man, because... Uh, I, I was so sick and I tweeted you and said, Rich, I texted you and said, Rich, I unlocked the Gwent achievement. I collected all the Gwent cards. And it's so funny, man, because I was working on this fucking list. and Because I knew I was close. <laughs> I knew I was close, you know, because I've been playing the game for so long and playing Gwent and trying to get the cards. I was like, I was actually like, okay, let's... So I found the list on the internet and I went through my deck and it was probably about eight cards I needed. And they were all... I'd beaten everyone, so I'd beaten everyone I could play. And they when you play people... The first time you beat them, they give you a card. Usually, usually, not always, usually it's a, you know, like a special card that you can only get by beating them. Not always, but usually. But the rest of the cards you have to buy off merchants and stuff um, mm-hmm. through the game. So anyway, and, and that was all I had left. I had like eight merchants and I went and did them all. And the funniest thing is I find, I was like, I, I wanted it so fucking bad. I got to this fucking village at the back of beyond on these isles, and it was like one of the lowest value cards. It was like a two. It was probably the lowest value card you could get, other than a one. It, it, and I bought it, and it was just like the smallest card. And then the achievement went up straight away, and I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like so fucking happy. And um, and then it was funny because then I'd be getting some achievements because you know as you get towards the end of the game, you're clogging some, some stuff up, and I did a little bit of achievement hunting. And the thing was, you've got to kill the monster nests. And throughout the game, you know, there are these monsters and stuff. And some of them have these nests. And you basically got to bomb the nest and, you know, it wipes it out. Well, the achievement was, uh, like, pest control. It was like, destroy all the monster nests in the main continent. Or in Skellig, the island. And stupidly, I thought... Oh, Skellig's like the million islands, like it's an archipelago kind of thing. Like, fuck that, you know. I can't be bothered. I'm just going to do the main continent. Little did I realise that Skellig only has five nests, probably some of which I've already killed, and this has over 30. And, and so I've been fucking hammering through this game the last day, killing these fucking nests and uh, on the main continent. And I'm now so far along the way that I want to finish it that way. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to haul up... I've hauled up the list again. I think I've only got about three more nests to get. And, I mean, it is just dedication. And you should have seen me. I was trying to get this treasure. 
and I'll climb up this fucking cliff. And sometimes the game's a bit janky because, you know, it came out a, lot, a long time ago and I know they remastered it, but every now and then certain mechanics betray the fact that it's, it's an older game, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And you've got to climb up these cliffs. And the, and the climbing of the cliffs is not the strongest part of Witcher. Like, it sort of almost doesn't want you to climb. You've got to kind of... You're sort of bouncing up the fucking cliff. Anyway, it, it kept um, trapping me in midair. And so I was like, sort of like, the game would glitch. And I was like standing there in midair, like hovering. <laughs> and I was fucking around. It took me an hour. And it was, it was fucking hard. And I Googled it. And I was like, I'm doing the right thing. The game is fucking finally got up there did it did whatever i had to do you know and it's one of those situations rich where you become obsessed you know what i mean like you don't want to let the game beat you when you don't want to go to bed you want to be got up there did it michelle came and looked at me she says what are you even doing and i said i'm doing what nobody else had the courage to do (laughs) (laughs) what nobody else had the courage to do i'm sitting there and, and, like, at the end of the day, the prize for this was, like, a fucking sword that was very fucking forgettable. You know, like, but it was it was so funny. You should see the frustration I had, man. I'd had about three coffees. I was getting more and more frustrated, you know, because I was, like, this fucking game with this hovering, and I was fucking around, and I finally did it. I, I honestly felt like I'd won the lottery. But, yeah, I'm super close now to the end. Um, and all the time I spent in building up all these side missions, I got several um, achievements just based on the fact that I got the maximum number of allies allies to meet me at the end battle and stuff. So all my fucking side missions, everyone's always like, especially you, Rich, have always you know said, Davies, distracted, side missions. Well, I've clocked up some achievements just due to the side missions, Rich. You know? My achievement list isn't, is, is laughing right now at those comments. Yeah, man. By the time yeah. you, you started, you know, getting your act together. What are you talking about? I have always been an achievement guy. I've always <sighs> been that guy, man. All right, Dave, sh- shall we log on and have a look at my <laughs> achievement number compared to your achievement number? I'm happy to do it. No. Sorry. I can't log in right now. <laughs> what a shame. Um, oh, what, are you, what, what, what number, just roughly, ballpark, are you sitting on your Xbox? Would you know? Like, roughly? I think I'm on about oh. 26,000. Actually, no, I can probably look it up. Yeah. I mean, I don't play on the Xbox now anymore. Well, this is on the PS5 now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know my Xbox number was about 26,000, um, you know, which is not impressive. Like, I'm just, I just happen to know that. But you used to work at game and you, you, you'd almost 100% complete games and stuff. I've never done that. Mine is 79,000. Wow. Jesus. 791. So I'm, I'm always at 80,000. Jesus. He's just the fucking Ricky Ponning of fucking Xbox. Well, the Jesus. difference, Dave, is I actually finish games and then move <laughs> on to another one. I don't, like, take six years to finish one game. So. <laughs> well, I'm pretty proud. It doesn't help you. I'm, I'm pretty proud of my fact that I'm going to finish this fucking game. And, um, you know, and what was hilarious was, like, all this build-up and I've done all this stuff and then this is really, like, sort of like I know they want to do like a break in the action but like literally <clears throat> Siri comes back to Novigrad and you're going around doing little chores with her and I was like really seriously this is what we're doing like it was almost like going and bringing someone some a fucking cup of sugar and I was like we've just fought like the wild hunt we've fought like end of the world shit's going on like and it's all it's like a lull in the action but I was like seriously they couldn't have thought of anything better than this like going and meeting people she's met before to have like conversations. And I was just like, seriously, like nurse mating Siri around. 
Um, I'm getting frozen out by both whatever I did to Tris and Gwen. Is that a name? Um, whatever her fucking name is, both of them are just giving me the cold shoulder romantically. That the the options are no longer there. I actually went to the whorehouse. I got sick of it. I was just like, seriously. I I, I was I I sort of thought I, I'm just gonna try to like, like whatever I said to them has it's just like the romance thing has just gone now. Oh, you said the wrong thing, Davey. Yeah, but like, who knows what. Dave putting his foot in him. <laughs> but like, uh, like I'm pretty confident I had sex with both of them. I think. I think. I think. I can't remember. What fantastic memory you have, Dave. I think I, I definitely had sex with Tris. Definitely had sex with her, but ages ago in the game, ages. And I had, and I also had sex with the sorceress. And, you know, and also, obviously, the whores, they don't count. And, um, but, like, yeah, like, this Gwen, Gwen character, she's just, like, fucking such a prickly pear. Such a bitch, actually. And, like, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to be nice to her. And then try to be nice to her. But, like, she was just all business. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to Tris, who I prefer. And Tris was just freezing me out. And I was like, what did I do to her? I was nice to her the whole time. You know, the whole time I'd be nice to that character. So uh, whatever I said or did, I don't even know. But it doesn't look like Davey's going to get the romance end with either of them unless they're really fucking holding it there to the last possible second. Um, uh, start again, Dave. Fuck that. I don't even fucking care. I, I've always got the whorehouse. I can just go there, you know? Uh, there's two whorehouses. There's two brothels in Novigrad. I frequented both multiple oh times, oh, you know? Um, so if it's just physical release he's after... There's always that rich, you know? Oh, shit, that reminds me. Fuck. Um, Starfield's coming out next week. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, you're going to be getting that rich and getting involved? Well, it's on Game Pass, of course. So I've already got it, bro. <laughs> well, I expect a big review from you of that. I want I, I want you to go in-depth on that, actually. That's one of your jobs. I, I saw IGN only gave it 7 out of 10. People have been giving it huge scores. IGN give 10 out of 10s to some shit, you know? Where the fuck are they getting seven out of ten for Starfield? When I've seen some yeah, of the stuff, you know, you know what they did? They want they were they were playing it safe because they didn't know how people were going to go. So they were like, "Oh, we don't, you know, Bethesda. Oh, we don't know if people are going to hate them or love them. So let's just kind of go in the middle. That way, it's safe. Because if we give it a good score and everyone hates it, we're going to look like idiots. And if we give it a bad score and everyone loves it, but this way we can say, hey, look, you know, we had some issues, but it's a good game. Seven's a good game. That doesn't stop there. I've seen that ten out of tens before for just." Some shit. Like that, that's where either they've been paid, yeah, or they know where it's swinging. So right, okay, cool. Well, you definitely give us your thoughts. So when does it come out, Rich? I think it's the sixth. Okay, so probably by next I show. You to play by next week. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. But you, you'll get there, Ben. You'll get there. Now there's a new, a stunning new RPG on the way, Rich. Elden Ring, Red Dead Redemption Two, Assassin's Creed, and Little Zelda, all combined. Mine for Crimson Desert, a new RPG that just got oh, yeah. a fresh trailer. I, know um, I love these guys who get so excited about game trailers. Like, they fall for every time. Um, Elden Ring has the huge scenic and often magical open world. Red Dead Redemption 2, meanwhile, boasts one of the most in-depth movie storylines in all of gaming. Really? Can- combined with myriad little interactions and details that make the entire process feel real and alive. 
Mix that with the parkour from Assassin's Creed, some of the fairy tale style of Zelda, and you get Crimson Desert, an upcoming RPG game from Black Desert Devs Pearl Abyss, which just got a new trailer at Gamescom 2023. That just sounds like their PR team wrote that. And, <laughs> like, fuck, what? Like, the parkour of Assassin's Creed. Like, give me a fucking break. Like, are you there, Rich? Yeah, parkour. Parkour. I know what parkour is, but like, the, <laughs> but that's the only thing they've got out of Assassin's Creed. Like these fucking losers. Like, there's a lot more to Assassin's Creed than parkour. You know? Seriously. No, they're just trying. They're trying to just. I don't. This is what I hate. I do not like when the only way you can describe a game is by throwing a whole bunch of other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, game names in it. It's like, like. Uh, you know, like be more imaginative. Um, well, it's like when people pitch a movie and go, "It's like Blade Runner meets Jurassic Park." <laughs> it's like, well, okay, here's my. Well, I just I think it's lazy. Describe what the game actually is without referencing other. Like, do your job uh-huh. and actually write something that makes me. Um, envision what you're describing. Yeah. Don't just because now when you mention the other games, I'm just envisioning those games. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not envisioning this game. I'm envisioning all the other games, and then I'm like, oh, it doesn't make sense in my brain. How do I bring them together? I've seen the trailers for it. It looks like one of those, like, too good to be true yeah, type things. Right. Um, you know, because, like, it, it's... You've got to be careful because trailers can be misleading when they show gameplay. Massively misleading. As, as that's, that's what I'm saying. Massively misleading, I would say, as well. But like, I mean, like the stuff you can do in this game is, like, just looking at it, you go, wow, I'm not sure if I believe it. <laughs> right. What's it called? Crimson Desert. Yeah. Is it going to be the greatest game of all time, Rich? Give me a yes or no. I, if the trailer is accurate, yes. Hmm. Okay. All right, well, I'll check it out in between next time. Um, between next show, this show and next show is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think Michael Keller just put something in here. I'm almost cringing at like what he's going to write, but many have wondered, pondered on why black and ethnic children ring manga books over traditional Western comic books, which have bent over backwards to appeal them. Well, sleepy Joe Biden is going to find out why and blow $300,000 worth of taxpayers' dollars in the process. Uh, the Institute of Museum and Library Services, a federal agency, has awarded New York, New York Queens College over $313,000 to conduct a three-year study aimed at closing the knowledge gap for librarians who are unfamiliar with manga and to identify manga titles popular with teenagers. I mean, I think that's actually a good idea. Um, Queens College teamed up with a non-profit organisation in the past has recommended manga for libraries that focus on racial disability and LGBTQ issues and stuff, blah blah blah. I mean, I know he's not happy about it, but um, I mean, I think it's 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 a decent idea. I don't see the big problem. Uh, I I disagree. I think it's an absolute waste of money. Like, if you can't fi- no, I'm sorry, if you can't figure it out without spending that much money, like, why do they have to spend that much money to do to figure it out? It's not that fucking. Well, I think oh, some I of it like, they're they're trying to they're trying to um, I don't know. They're, they're, they're trying to educate. Like, uh, you get well, librarians... Politicians just look for any reason to spend money, bro. But, Come but, on. But yes, I agree. But but also think about the library system, dude. A lot of the people in the system are snobs towards comic books and manga. So it's trying to educate them better so that they can get the titles into kids' hands to get them reading. You know, because there are a lot of snobs. 
there are a lot of snobs around in English fields mm-hmm. who still look down on comic books and manga. Definitely, still, this I mean, definitely still possibly, happens. but that's not stopping the kids from. I mean, from reading it and getting it in their hands. So. It doesn't really matter if they snobs. Like all the bookstores have it. Libraries are filling up with it. Like oh. it, it's again, it's just a pointless waste of fucking money. Like, oh god, fuck. Sorry, I I, I hate taxes. I'm sorry, sir. Let's just well, get off yeah, that. I, I yeah, but taxes, I mean, yeah, I love it. Really, wow. Wesley Snipes is entered the, entered no, the no, seriously, can you do you understand <laughs> that taxes is, is like is something new? In terms of like mean, income you? tax and all that sort of shit, there were taxes in the Roman Empire, man. Are you kidding? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about taxes that you like. Look, I'm not talking about taxes when you buy something. I'm talking about income tax. Right. Back in Rome, your money was your money. Yes, later you may have to pay a tax to use a road or something like that. But when you earned money, you didn't get taxed on it. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. government didn't go, oh, thank you. You know, you got two gold coins. We'll take a silver from that. That didn't happen. Right. That's only been like the last hundred years or so okay. that income tax has been a thing. And guess what? Prior to that, roads and shit still got built. Uh-huh. These roads all got built before income tax was a thing. So, mm. ugh, don't even get me started on the whole fucking sure. tax shit and what governments do with money. It, it pisses me. Oh off. yeah, I mean, dude, they waste it. Like, I I agree with you completely there. Like, yeah, do I think this is a waste of money? Yes. But but also, do I think Sleepy Jojo is probably greenlit about fifty other things that day, which are probably more egregious? Yes, you know. Like seriously, all these people have to do is just get a bunch of kids in who read manga and say, "Why do you like manga?" There you go, fucking answer yeah, solved. Like that's true. I'm sorry. Like, but dude, at the end of the day, three hundred thirty thousand dollars is a drop in the fucking bucket, man. Like it's a grain of sand on the beach compared to the federal budget, you know. Like, it's nothing. No, I agree, but I'm just saying, I just, yeah, the, the amount of money that they're going to spend on this, like, it's just, yeah, I'm sorry. It's egregious. You should run for politics, yeah. Rich. <laughs> Could I be a running mate? Uh, I'd be a running mate. I, I would not achieve anything in politics because uh, I wouldn't be corrupt, and I would cor- be. Uh, non-corrupt politicians uh, achieve nothing. I would definitely be corrupt. Hundred percent corruption. Your Caesar would be ashamed of you. <laughs> oh, there was a lot of backhands dealings in those days in the Roman Empire. I think it was all. It wasn't a fucking democracy, man. A lot of backhand deals. I'm all about the backroom deal, man. You know, get the deal done. You know, if a few paper bags filled with cash have to be passed around, then that's the price we pay. Living in capitalist society, you know, grace <laughs> a few palms, man. Um, you know, anyway. Uh, Michael Kellishim uh, has a reminder Chuck Dixon's coming onto the show uh, roughly around mid-September. Um, Chuck obviously has the Conan Siege of the Black Citadel, um, which is the first of his Conan books. I believe he's he's already got two more written uh, and ready to go. They're going to be published as well. Um, he found it in a used bookstore uh, for $2 and finished the book in one day. He said, a great story. Chuck's Conan is fast-paced, exciting, and hard to put down. Uh, I believe that. After recently listening to all Robert E. Howard's Conan stories on audio, I have to rank Siege of the Black Citadel above them all. Wow. He writes Conan like Bane. A hulking monster of a man, but with a mind to match. Lesser barbarian and more a masterman, heist planner. This novel is among Chuck's best work alongside his Robin and Nightwing run, Lee Von Cade and Raggedy Ann. Go buy it, kids. Um, well... That's high praise, and it doesn't surprise me because Chuck is a guy who one thousand percent gets Conan. You know, he he gets the character. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does, oh, I'm not sure. surprised okay. at all. Without a doubt, seriously. Yeah, so get, get it, kids. You, you can purchase it on Amazon, um, I believe Chuck's website. Um, yeah, it's it's easily available. If you type in um, Chuck Dixon, Conan, um, Siege of the Black Citadel, it's, it's easily available and very well worth it. Um, now, Mitchell uh, Hall, uh, listener and friend of the show, shared a link for Island of the Stars, an Aussie sci-fi adventure film, Pirates of the Caribbean meets original Star Wars, and they're doing a Kickstarter, um, and it has some people who were involved with the Mad Max films and stuff. Um, how can they possibly get enough money to make a movie, Rich? That's what I don't understand. Like, well, no, they, they can. Because um, sometimes it's not about getting enough money to get a movie. It's about getting enough money to um, get investors interested. Right, right, I see. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you can come to like investors and say, listen, we've got much already, mm. so you just need to bankroll this much. Mm-hmm. Like to be inv- like that is people go, okay, well, you know, it, it costs me less to get involved in it. So, no, it's, I mean, movies have been done. On on these sort of sites and all that sort of stuff. So wow, okay. Um, well, you know, I mean, it's definitely possible. And you know what? I mean, look at the talent they want to get on it and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, you know, um, Hugh Jackman. Even if they get some of them, but is you know Hugh Jackman I mean? involved? No, no, no. <clears throat> what they're saying is they've pitched it as like these are the the actors they're going to sort of go for. Now right. it's not a guarantee that they're going to get them, mm. but. Uh, you know, they want to get Mel Gibson, they want to get uh, Hugh Jackman, they want to get um, uh, Hugo Weaving, you know what I mean? Uh, all all wow. like the top sort of Australian actors and talent and all that sort of stuff. Wow. Okay. I didn't realise they, they were going so high. Wow. I mean, Hugh Jackman wouldn't come cheap. Look, I mean, if you're going to aim, aim for the stars, you know, well, what's that expression? If you aim for the stars, you can still reach... Mm. The moon or something. Um, the moon, the, yeah, the moon or the sky or something like that. So, you know. <laughs> the moon. <laughs> we can reach for the fucking stars, but we can get to the moon. We've been to the moon many times. Um, yeah, uh, look, I mean, I wish them all the best, honestly. I, I just, I, I guess I was confused. I was like, oh, well, a movie, I mean, for what they're pitching, wouldn't, it sounds like it, it's going to be north of $100 million needed, at least, even on a shoestring budget. Like, you know, that would seem reasonable. Um, to me, and I just, I mean, I don't know how the Indiegogo works. I, I, I had no idea people could raise that kind of funding on Indiegogo. But then what you're saying is maybe they they want to sh- get enough money to do like a sort of proof of concept or something and, and ship it to a studio. Correct, yes. Yeah, okay. And, and not to sort of get it in sort of like, you know, production or... or uh, well, I uh, wish them all the best. This sounds cool. No, so do I. I it's an interesting concept. I quite I'd like to see Mel Gibson. Um, Mel Gibson, they might get. You know, he 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 would be quite oh, yeah. as expensive as he would have been a few years ago. Like what? You know, Hugh Jackman's not going to come cheap. Jesus. Um, Mel Gibson. But Hugh Jackman is that sort of person that, like, um, yeah, he's a god. Yeah. You know, being, being an Australian, I think he is sure. definitely down for, no, like, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, Australian cinema, helping Australian. He's cinema. a great. He's a great man. I mean, and a great actor. So yeah, I, look. I wish I wish them nothing but the best. Like frankly, I will share yeah, this. Good, I will share luck. this on the Facebook page. <laughs> so if you want to fund the the hundred million dollars, um, yeah, no. But seriously, I will share this on the Facebook page after the show because Mitchell just sent this to me this afternoon, um, and 
I, I actually, I must admit, I didn't read it properly. Um, I didn't realise it was Australian, but then that makes sense because also it's got some people who are involved with the Mad Max movies. So maybe Mel mm. Gibson, you know, it sort of makes sense, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. The linkage, like that's where Mel Gibson's big break was Mad Max. You know, that's what made him a household name. Mm. Um, yeah, wow. Man, that was a long time ago. Fuck, they were good days when, when Mel Gibson was Mad Max. That was back in the <laughs> oh yeah yeah dude the that good was old days oh, but seriously that was back in the good old days man you know like that was that was back in the really when good Ma- days. Max was Mad Max yeah. and not uh, oh. and not uh, strapped to the front of a car Furiosa. yeah <laughs> but like the Mad Max movie where he was like I really enjoyed the movie but like I didn't get as much Mad Max as I was hoping for that's for sure um yeah anyway we'll see what happens. Um, Ms. Marvel aired on Network ABC last week to pitiful viewership. The six episodes barely averaged 700,000 viewers. Rumoured to mirror the Disney Plus numbers. Ratings were the lowest for a Marvel Disney or Marvel ABC show. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't, uh, think that's any surprise. The Marvel's releases in November has no competition for the whole month, so it will be number one, but we're interested to see how little it brings in now that it doesn't have Avengers Mania to piggyback it off. Yeah, if anything, they've got the opposite problem. What what the what's the opposite of mania? It, the 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 fan base is draining. I would say the enthusiasm is is dwindling daily uh, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and yeah, they've got the opposite problem now. Instead of riding a fucking you know wagon train or whatever, they're they're sort of attached to a, at least a fading star. You know that's um yeah, yeah. I I don't think the numbers on the Marvels. Like overall, will be that impressive. I, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think it'll make five hundred million worldwide. That, that's what I'm saying right now. I, I actually don't think it will. Maybe it will. Maybe I'll be wrong. You know, maybe it'll do a little bit more. But I do. Maybe it, I don't know. I just, I, as I said, I just think the problem is, is you took people on on this wild ride, mm. and it's done. And I just don't think the enthusiasm for the Marvel stuff is there anymore. Um. I think maybe a lot of people also might feel like it feels like homework. You know what I mean? Like sure. it's a chore to be like up to date with the TV shows and the movies. And, and also it, it doesn't, I still don't feel like it, it feels like it's building towards anything. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, it just doesn't feel, mm. it doesn't feel there. Like that's all I'm just like, I, I don't know. It It doesn't quite, it feels like it's done and it's kind of like just still, Chugging along, but the most important story has been told, I guess, is mm. what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But but also I think it's um, it, it's testament to the fact that they've backed some of the wrong horses and haven't put some stuff into the race earlier. They've waited a long time. I think that, I think they could recapture some energy, you know. Um, I think they could. It's totally possible, but I, I, I think they've wasted some time and they've wasted some capital on some characters that maybe didn't need as much coverage as they've given them and they've sort of let it lapse and, you know, and some of these characters, frankly, uh, have been exposed as the third string as they are, you know, and the level of storytelling, the whole, there's a whole set of reasons why, but but I Marvel have dug their own grave a bit here. They, they have misread their audience as well, you know. I think they thought the Marvel brand would just carry them and carry them and carry them. Well, you know... Where are the fucking X Men? You know what? Why? Why is that taking forever? You know, you you could rebuild it. You could build black enthusiasm. You do have big characters you haven't touched, 
but instead you've given us some very lackluster TV shows which haven't helped as well, and you've given us some very average movies which haven't helped, and, you know, you've spammed us with it as well. So you start spamming an audience with average content, sooner or later people are going to start waking up and going, this is not that good, you know? Mm. Um, so I don't have a lot of sympathy for them because they dug their own grave, and they obviously don't listen. You know, they obviously do not listen to feedback. This is the thing with Feige. He's obviously at that point now where they just believe what they're doing is just 100% right all the time. They're surrounded by yes men, you know? And, yeah, they're still making money, but, God, they've had some failures. You know, Love Mm. and Thunder, dude, that was a fucking shocking movie. That was terrible. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and apparently the rumour is Taika's, like, going to possibly be doing another one. It's like, really? Well, I mean, he could only do better than that than that previous one. That was fucking terrible. Oh, I don't know. He might say, hold my beer. You didn't <laughs> like that one. Let's try the... <laughs> yeah. Let's let's double down and see if you like that. You know, because he... he I, I don't understand nicely, but he, he kind of feels like that guy that would do that. Mm. Like, he, the, the, the fact that people didn't like it, he would take it as like a, oh, he didn't like that. Well, let me let, sure. let me ratchet it up to 200 and see if you like it then. Like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. just strikes me as a guy that would do that. Yeah, sure. But, but again, that's on them. Because they're the ones saying yes to that. This is the thing. Like, the, at the end of the day, you, you give directors their head. Uh, he turned around a very poor movie, which also failed at the box office, so they don't even have that backup, where they're like, oh, it doesn't matter that it was a shit movie. It made a lot of money. It didn't make a lot of money, you know? And so if you give the same director the same project and the same control, well... You know, you've only got yourselves to blame. So I don't feel sorry at all for them. I'm like, fuck them. Like, they've, they've kind of dug their own grave a bit. I'm sure they'll dig themselves out. They've got enough characters. They've got enough... How can I say? They've got the market cornered enough that they can probably power through it. You know what I mean? This is probably... What we're experiencing is they, they've probably peaked. They'll probably never hit that peak again. But I, I definitely think they could ride some more momentum. But the characters that they're doing right now are not going to do it for them. Like, the Marvels is not going to be they get out of jail free card, you know? Um, I just wish that they had realised that the characters were more important than the actors. I do understand that the actors played a part in it, mm. but at the same time, like, there were so many great stories you never got to mm. um, with, you know, Iron Man, Captain America, sure. you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, there was just so many... Um, I just, yeah, it, why you, you just decided to just oh, I hear what forego you're saying. that? Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, well, that's true. But part of that is reality. It's like, I mean, I had this in the 90s. I was always like, why aren't the Batman movies so much better, you know, after 89 and after Returns? Like, I just couldn't understand this character where I was reading all these cool stories in the comics, you know, like... All the stuff that those guys are doing under Denny O'Neill's, you know, thing. Well, we won't, we won't, we don't need to repeat it, but we all know it. All the shit that Batman did in the nineties was fucking awesome, you know. And I was always like, how come the movies don't touch it, you know, after like the first one? Like, it's it's sort of because of the cycle of the of the movie cycle. They only have maybe one every two to three years. That. They can't do everything that the comics can do, which come out monthly. Like, it's that frustrating factor. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't mm. you can't put out three Captain America movies in one year. 
and you know they just they just can't do that you know the market wouldn't sustain it so there are reasons why why we get short change on stories like there are reasons for it but um it's frustrating at times because yes i agree they could have done i mean i i'm i'm more, i was always surprised they didn't do more iron mans you know after three i i really enjoyed all the all the movies especially one and three you know that's my point so i here's the thing like I feel like your franchise should have been, you know, your Thor, your Captain America, your Iron Man, right? Uh-huh. And then you have your peripheral ones, which you can, you know, you know, maybe you do three Guardians movies and then you move on to another, you know, you do your Black Panther, whatever. Uh. But I feel like the main, your trinity uh. of your MCU was Thor, Captain America and Iron Man, uh-huh. right? I felt like that was their trinity. And I just think, like, you should have treated it kind of like James Bond, where you could have kept going, and you still could have added, you know, could have had Miss Marvel, or Captain Marvel come in, and all that sort of shit, and, and you could have added to the Avengers, you know what I mean? You uh-huh. could have still built the world, but I feel like you should have built it around those three. Sure. Yeah. You know, and so, yes, you keep having a Captain America, an Iron Man, and a Thor movie uh-huh. as best you can, and then you can still add the other ones in, you know, and that way, if one flops, you go, okay, well, pfft, that one can go away. Yeah. But we keep the core. Yeah. But again, they've gone a different route, and, you know, good luck to them. <laughs> but also, part, part of it is the reality as well of the actors and stuff. Like, they can only contract the actors for so much. They Every actor... You change the actor, though. Right, yeah. Well, you'd need to, because what I'm saying is every actor... That's what I'm saying. Do it like a James Bond, like where... I see. Like, right. the character stays, but the actor can change. Yeah, I see. Uh, well, yeah, that would definitely have been their other option, because, unfortunately, well, every actor who's... You, if you're going to stick around for a franchise, you've got to pay me big money, because these, these movies are making huge money. So, I mean, just to keep the budgets under control. Um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, you were saying, like, yeah, but that carries its own risk as well. You know, that, that, they would argue that carries a risk. But then again, I'm like, okay, there's the risk of a recasting, which did work for Batman for a long time and still works. And you would argue Spider-Man it's worked. But um, if you don't do that, you just lose the character, you know, which is also a risk. And well, suddenly, okay, so, you know. But, but, okay, so here's my thing, okay. So they rushed. They absolutely rushed to... Um, Get Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, like Wonder and all. But I, I hate to break it to you, but can you can you even name a classical Carol Danvers storyline or a Miss Marvel storyline? Like just <clears throat> what's their seminal works? I mean, what's the name? Um, Captain Marvel, Kalisha DeConnick is considered the run is considered the seminal. Okay. But what's what's a seminal work? What's a what's a oh my god storyline uh, that I, I've not read it. I, I mean, I've read about three so issues. But you can do that with Thor and Captain America and all that sort of stuff, where sure. they actually have mm. storylines sure. that you yeah. can make into movies. Not doesn't have to be page for page. Yeah. But like you've doing it where you use it as inspiration. Sure. You know, like your Winter Soldier. Yes, it's not the comic book, but it's 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 inspired sure. by it. Like because sure. yeah. that's what I kind of felt like they were doing right. Mm. Which is why I think, to me, DC struggles a little bit is because, well, Warner Brothers, they keep making their own shit. Mm. Where I feel like they should try and base it on an actual comic or storyline. 
Do you know what I mean? But but do it in a movie version where you don't you know just use it as an inspiration as a, as a as a starting point. Yeah, and then you build it from there. But again, they lost that, and now they got these characters who I'm sorry just don't have the body of work. Yeah. Um. That that the Thor, Captain America, and and Iron Man would. I'm sorry, like Well, I mean, Ms. Marvel's barely got anything, you know. Like Jesus Christ. That's what I mean. They were in such a rush to get to these new characters that they realized, oh fuck, we don't actually have any like stories. Like I guarantee you, this this Marvel's one, it's a completely made up story. Which I mean, actually, to be fair, so was the fucking Captain Marvel one. So I mean, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't care. I mean, yeah, I, it just feels like they've got I don't know three pretty average characters, and they're trying to tie them all together in one fucking movie. You know. And it's just yeah, like, and you know what? And if you didn't watch the, um, if you didn't watch the TV shows, you're not going to be. You're going to be like, who this fuck is the, this? The Rambo girl who this? plays Ms. Marvel's not too bad. I will say that about her. She, no, no, but what is that? If people didn't watch the shows, you'd be then lost. they'll come to the second movie and go, "Who are these two? Chi-? Like, you know, what what's happening now? What what? Oh fuck! I didn't watch the TV shows. Am I supposed to know who these people are? Yeah, for me, the whole thing's very skippable. I I, I couldn't be less excited. You know. I honestly couldn't be less excited for for this bullshit like they were about to experience. You know what? I think it also, but in a way that I think they also admitting that um, they did make her boring, mm. and I think that's why they're doing this movie is because they're like, we need to make it fun. Yeah. So we're going to bring in these two, and we're going to make it a bit wacky. And sure. it's like, yeah, because the fucking first movie was boring. I'm sorry, like her character was boring. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't hate the Captain Marvel movie, but I mean, yeah, she, she wasn't. She didn't really have much personality. Come on, no, like, she's let, got, let's be honest. She's 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 a bit of a block of wood when it comes to a plank of wood. When it comes to her personality, unfortunately, um, yeah, which they. Oh, I can't forgive that movie for the uh, Fury's eye. I just can't. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, that was that was <laughs> lame. Time I remember that it pisses me off so much. Yeah, that was very lame. In fact. This is hilarious, Rich. James Gunn doing what every fucking... This pisses me off every single time a film director directs a comic book movie. They always feel the need to lie about how much comics books they read. You know? And <laughs> he, he has gone... He's gone big. He's gone with the old saying, go big or go home. Um, when asked which monthly DC comics he currently re- he reads, he responds, I get all the DC titles. Did you read them, though? Like, you, you get them all. He then went on... He's to, definitely been given some by uh, DC. Yeah, I know. I, know. I, I, I would imagine he might actually get every single DC fucking thing that he wants. That would make total sense. He's running the fucking studio. Does he read them? I doubt it. Uh, he then went on, he went on to promise his DCU will be comic accurate, despite nothing he's done has been comic accurate thus far. And this is... Did you write this? Everything he said is a bald-faced no. lie... But lies posted on the app threads. So is it really lying if no one has said read the lies? That's Michael Kellish. Mm. <laughs> That's actually funny. Um, you know, it's yeah. funny. I actually recently read uh, an interview by the former, um, uh, uh, what was that woman as a president uh, with, Je- with Jeff Johns? Um, uh, oh, Diane Nelson or something? Yeah, so I think that was her name. And she actually did an interview where she basically said the problem because everyone assumed that Zack Snyder was in charge, but he wasn't. In fact, DC or Warner Brothers didn't have the setup like Marvel did. So Marvel, they were their own division with their own budget. 
and they basically answered to themselves in a sense. Yeah. <clears throat> or Kevin Feige was the boss. And she said that has not been the case at Warner Brothers. Right. It's why they... It's a bit all over the place why there wasn't any real plan. Um, well, and, again, that's just poor organisation. That's their own organisational difficulties. No, no, no. Again, she was... Good. She doesn't work there anymore, so she's mm. basically just, you know, mm. fucking coming out and, yes, and saying how it exactly is and all that. Yeah. She even said, like, the Justice League movie was shit. Um, it was, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and all that sort of stuff. So, but that's what a lot of people, like, I think everyone assumed that Zack Snyder was, like, building this universe, but he wasn't. He was only just building what he was doing. Sure, yeah. Um, and, and it's such a shame. And again, that's why I, I said this ages ago. DC is always, or Warner Brothers is always behind the eight ball. They keep trying to play catch up. Um, where, you know, they should have just said, listen, okay, fine. We'll just, we've got the three of the most popular characters in the world, right? Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman. So let's just make Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman movies. Yeah. But that'll rake in the money. We don't have to. Here's the thing. We, you, you know, Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor were never as popular. Mm. Before the movies. Oh, definitely not. Right? Yeah. yeah. They skyrocketed. So you didn't have to chase them. All you had to do was pump out good Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman movies. And guess what? If they did well, mm. then you could do a Flash movie and an Aquaman movie. But you didn't necessarily have to try and get your fucking Avengers movie out there. Like, your heroes... That's the kind of thing about DC. Yeah, Justice League is cool. But your heroes do kind of stand on their own and have their own recognition. Yeah. So all they had to do was just build their own movies and not try and chase this shared cinematic universe. Like, they could have left it open, try and make it look aesthetically sort of similar that you could believe and then maybe you could work towards it. But, man, you didn't need to to try and copy them. If you pumped out a yeah. fantastic Superman movie, you would have made a billion dollars. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you'd made a a, a, a a great Batman movie after that or a Wonder Woman movie, okay, maybe, you know, yeah, Batman, billion dollars. Maybe Wonder Woman, 800 million or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you still would have been successful. Yeah, but remember the context of the time, and I, I remember it. Marvel did have all the heat and were making everyone look very second-rate at uh, their contemporaries, including franchises that have been pulling in money, like Spider-Man and X-Men, suddenly felt like stepchildren, you know, and... Those Marvel movies just captured the zeitgeist. So I can understand a studio who's in the same business, you know, um, with a very similar character set, thinking they could mirror. I can understand that. They just did it very poorly, though, as well. Like, and for reasons which we have discussed. Like, their execution was horrible, and it was all based around catching up and rushing and everything else. Like... You know, um, I can understand them wanting to do it, uh, like Marvel. I can understand the motivation and the belief that they have the characters to do it, but they didn't have plan, competency, uh, oversight of Snyder, you know. Um, they kind of gave Snyder his head and, and he, you know, came up with what he came up with. Um, you know, I, I get tired of these... these um, these studios making excuses for their own failings, you know, like their own organisational issues, yes, definitely hampered them. The films were also pretty poor as well. 
that, that, that they. And that's what I'm saying. Like again, if okay, so if you weren't going to do, but that's my point. If you weren't going to do the whole like, um, um, build, you know, having one person oversee everything and build towards everything, then you know what? You should have given Zack Snyder what he wanted: mm. a Batman movie. Right, because mm. let's be honest, I mean, he wanted a Batman movie. They mm. tapped him for for Superman, but Zack Snyder wanted Batman. Sure, you know it's it's why he works so fucking hard to have that Batman v Superman mm. um, sort of movie. If you're given Zack Snyder Batman and then given another director a better you know better director with more optimism Superman, sure, sure. Uh, and then even yeah, get like a Patty Jenkins or whatever for Wonder Woman, and just have them build those. Yeah. movies i think you would have been fine honestly mm. yeah probably but you know hey dude at the end of the day fuck it it happened um it was subpar they're suffering they're struggling to to get out of it now they're, they're look in fairness they're probably fought, like it's hilarious watching corporation fail really as long and fumble the ball as long as they have managed to do Really, it is actually funny. It's, Im- to me. it's impressive. Yeah, it's it's funny to me because it just shows me that all the money of all those executives, they couldn't work out what the fuck they were doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, it, it points to and this is this is common in corporates, the extreme short short sightedness of what they're doing because they're always focused on that quarter. They the the. That also hurts them as well because they're so they're so scared, you know, of uh, basically riding out a bad wave, you know, and and they they have so little faith in anything but a dollar, you know, and the second it's not making a billion dollars, they convince themselves it's a disaster. Um, like th- that's that's the other hilarious part. You've you've seen the terminal indecisiveness, which has hurt them, and also. Some pretty poor films as well. Like, that's the thing. Like, for all their worrying, it's, it's not like they've created these masterpieces that, that you know, are fucking great movies that haven't made money. You know, they, they, they've released some pretty flawed movies um, mm. which have lots of holes in them. And it's like, well, it's not... It, it, it's, you know, it's a creative problem. It's an executive problem. It's just a problem all around. And... You know this promise that James Gunn and this other guy are going to come in and sweep the house clean. Maybe you know, but it's definitely. I don't think they could do much worse. Um, but it's amazing to me how long it's taken because I remember sitting with you, having dinner, discussing Green Lantern just before it came out, and this was over ten years ago. But the conversation was not that different. You know, there was a mm. sense that they were playing catch up. They were slow as well, to react. Uh, they had limited faith in what they were doing, um, and it was just all poorly planned. It was just like... It, it's like if you're about to play a tennis match and you can do one or two things. You can, you can sort of lose a match with bad prep. You know, that's possible. Or you can increase your chance of winning by having good preparation. That's how I look at it all the time. You know? Mm. If you can just take care of yourself, get yourself in a good space... I'm talking physically here and switched on, then you stand a much better chance. If you're fucking an idiot and go out the night before and are drinking and carrying on and, you know, doing whatever, you turn up to the match, you're a bit under the weather, well, you've hurt your own chances through your own stupidity, you know? And your opponent, in general, is not making those same mistakes. 
So it's, that's part of it as well. So there's a whole host of reasons. I mean, there'd be a really interesting book, I think, that could be written about Warners over this period where they've been in the shadow of Disney um, and Marvel Studios, you know, and they're well, I mean, many it, Look, it doesn't help that at the time they, they don't, no one has Disney money either. Hmm. Well, what do you mean? I mean, they can... They're no, but I mean, like, of... Disney had the money to be like, okay, fine, Marvel, you, you get your own fucking, you know, you do your own thing, you've got your own budget, whereas I think Warner Brothers is like, no, nah, we've got to be in control of the budget, we need to make sure hmm. shit's going. I mean, I'm not, not, I'm not excusing them, but I'm just saying... I suppose it also helps if you've got... Um... But Warners have had plenty of hits with DC products over the years. Like, think of all the money Batman yeah, movies have Come on, in. Disney, man. Like, Warner Brothers don't make as much money as Disney do. Sure, like, but, on, like, there's that's, like no ex- that's no excuse for their no, favours. Again, I didn't say it was an excuse. I'm just saying uh, it. what has helped Disney as well is they've made some really good choices and all that, but they've also had the money to make those choices, I suppose, is what well. I'm saying. Maybe, but uh, look, I, I, maybe, but all studios run on debt. You know, every studio out there runs on debt and bank loans and all sorts of things. Like, I don't know. I, 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 I think creatively, they've been a mess as well. Like mm. a mess, you know, a messy approach. No one's had the answers. Which is, it's funny because that's where I think Marvel's going right now. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I think yeah. Marvel right now feels like that messy. Yeah. DC, uh, or, or sorry, Warner Brothers. I keep saying DC. That messy Warner Brothers, where I kind of feel like they also don't know quite know what it is that exactly they're doing. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. No, they're they're, they're yeah. I mean, they've definitely plateaued and um and uh, sort of declining and and you know they're starting to ruse some decisions they've made, some bad decisions have have caught up with them a little bit and um and uh, as usual. It's the there is no problem here approach, which they take as they as they run ever closer to some rocks. You know, that classic sort of like we're too big to fail. We'll see what happens. Yep. We'll see what happens, yeah, yeah. man. Uh, we'll I definitely think they can. Um, I honestly think they need to recenter around some big linchpins and, and push hard on things people know and care about, and uh, and stop worrying about shit like Marvels. You know, which is bullshit, basically. You know, well, it's, yeah, I feel like they've well, as I said, by kind of recasting and writing off their trinity, I think they have sort of killed the golden goose in a sense. Like, sure, yeah, I mean, I can understand why they want to make another Thor movie if Hemsworth's available. I'm not saying, um, yeah, I have to talk about he doing it, but I can understand that because it's like, yeah, we'll we'll take what we can get. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when done well, cool character, no reason to get rid of him. You know, if, he, if if we can afford him, they surely can. And you know, hopefully that last movie was a was a misstep, and they can. And you know, I can I can totally understand that. That makes sense to me. Um, you know, you've got to give people not not everything has to be new and, and an experiment. You've actually got to sometimes go back to the meat and potatoes approach with these movies a little bit. Got to give some of the fans yep. what they actually fucking want. <laughs> you know, like it's don't get so far away because you're because a lot of money is on at stake. These aren't cheap things. They, there's a lot riding on it, so you don't get too experimental. Basically, is 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 what I'm trying to say here. And don't pretend people care about some of the more fringe characters as much as you think they do. 
So don't put all your eggs in those baskets. Diversify those risks, mm. but keep your main product line. I mean, this is basic stuff. And if they can't, if they don't get this, then they are idiots, you know. And they, they they're looking at they're looking at much more in depth numbers than we're seeing. We're seeing the surface level numbers. They'd be looking at a whole different list of metrics, Rich, which probably puts them in a far worse position than we know. Mm-hmm. You know, they're probably looking at some raw da- data and are going shit. No one watched Secret Invasion. Like, um, the, you know, this, the, the heat on Marvels is it's ice cold. Like, they're, they're probably actually worried in their ivory tower. You know, they're like, oh, shit, the, everything's trending down. We need something. You know, it's why that rumour about Hugh Jackman being Avengers Secret Wars isn't like... I, I'm not saying that, that that's going to save the industry, but I'm saying it's the kind of thing that makes sense because they are desperate. They're desperate to stay number one. You know, it's that, it's that, that's where they are now. Like, when you're top of the hill and suddenly your viewership's a lot more shaky and you can sense that there are other competitors out there that can easily take your position, yeah, you start getting a little desperate, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be interesting. Now, speaking of desperate, Valiant Comics is in a desperate situation, Rich. You were a big Valiant fan, weren't you? I re- don't recall you. Uh, back in the day, yeah. But weren't you even on board the reboot? Yeah, back. That's what I said. Back in the oh, day. right, back Reboot's in the day, actually, quite a while ago. No, man. I know. That was like, yeah, true. Um, well, they've now cancelled their Ninjak and Exo Man of War comics and have nothing solicited for the sequel future. That's a shame. Valiant was only publishing one book a month as it was, and now they have cancelled their entire lineup and have gone silent on their Eternal Warrior mm-hmm. Kickstarter project and the Faith film as well. The end is night. What went wrong, Rich? Oh, um, who did they hire? Um... Who was that person that they hired? Uh, well, they had the Chinese investment firm that bought no, them. It was Milkshake Girl. What's her oh, name? Oh, yeah, Heather, whatever, yeah. Yeah, Heather Antos. So, Are we yes. really blaming her? No, we're not blaming her for all these problems. These problems have been dating back to years. Uh, listen, you, technically, if you go back and look, mm. a lot of it all still falling apart when they hired her and some <laughs> other people. Right, no, right. no, not just her, but, I mean, she's the bigger name. Right. Of the people that they hired. But from there, it was all downhill. Wow. Really? Okay. Yeah. What, what happened? The, 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 the original, the guys who did the reboot, they got bought out by, um, they got bought out by Chinese investors, yeah? Um, that's... Yeah, but I think they got bought out, like, even when they were still, like, they were still doing well after that. Yeah. Yeah. It was when they, when they got the new crop of editors and all that in. Okay, so we're looking here. We're, we're, <coughs> see, history repeating itself. Like a couple of years ago, a Chinese investment firm bought Valiant. They phased out Dinesh, who was the guy who um, was the former CEO, uh, who, mm. who repositioned them and, and relaunched them. And the top editor, Warren Simmons, who, yeah, he, he brought in a lot of people originally. He was the guy mm. who was really a bit of a brains behind the way that they, you know, relaunched and did very well. And they brought an entirely new team of editors, including the notoriously controversial Heather Antos. Storylines wrapped up with the last of the original era, and pr- fans saw a pretty drastic change with the way books were handled. Blah, blah, blah. Short miniseries and reboots with no particular direction began to appear. The storylines that Epic shared universe they created uh, stalled out. Art quality saw a drop on the books. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so... Yeah, so, yeah. It, it, it sounds like... It's weird though. They got bought out by the Chinese firm, and then, and then, um, 
you would think flush with money failed. Well, that's what I said. Once they got bought up, but then <laughs> it wasn't the buyout. It was once the 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 the, the changes in mm. hiring management, all that. Once that happened, yeah. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, maybe um, if I'm from memory, I think the the company was probably putting a lot of faith in um, that Bloodshot movie. You know, when that didn't work out. And, oh, yeah, they were definitely hoping that that was going to be a big... Uh, yeah, when, when uh, that didn't but, work out. Oh, yeah. God, why did you get Vin Diesel, man? Like, seriously. Like, yeah. I don't mean it's not nice. I, mean, I know the Boss movies do well, but Jesus Christ, man. Like, people don't go there for Vin Diesel. No, no. Yeah. You I know, they go, they go there for the cars and the over-the-top action. No one goes like, oh, my God, Vin Diesel, let's go watch the new Vin Diesel. They go, let's go watch the new Fast movie. Like, they yeah. go, say, let's go watch Vin Diesel. Yeah. No, it's true. Well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, man, um, yeah, it's it, it's failed. Like, I, I wonder what happened, and, and maybe that maybe that firm wanted. Um, I don't know. It's it, it doesn't feel like that they were paying for the IP. They were trying. Listen, they were trying to be Marvel. They yeah. wanted to do Marvel success, which is why they hired Heather Antos. Right, she came from Marvel. Right. So they obviously, she maybe convinced them. Or is, they she, is she really that like, that, like, has she ever done anything that fantastic, like, other than being notorious? Like, what's her claim to fame? No, but again, it doesn't matter what her claim to fame is. It's what she can convince people is. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I know there was a scandal about it or whatever, but, I, but I'm like, I, I, to me, I'm like, you hired an editor. Like, fucking who cares? Like. Hey, editors are very important, man. The fact that we've got such shitty editors is why comics is in the yeah. But that's what I'm saying. But you hired a you hired. Let's let's describe her as a let's let's say she's an average editor at best. I I, I okay, don't best, yeah. I don't sort of understand like how much difference that would make. Really, you know, I they lost their top guy, but I'm also like, why did they lose their top guy? Like with the money came in. Maybe he got a golden parachute and left, or maybe the. What I'm trying to say is, I, I I can't imagine this Chinese firm, who's interested in one thing, ripping them apart for movies, you know, and, and video games and stuff. That I understand. They 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 see IP seems to be doing well. Comic book fans are loving it. Like there was a lot of positive press on Valiant Comics, and it was across multiple titles. So they're like, sweet, they've got like five or six titles. That's about all we need. Um. They obviously buy it. The CEO goes, that I understand, because they don't want someone there who's, you know, they're running the show now. They get rid of the senior editor who seemed to do a lot of the actual planning. And then I, I can't believe this Chinese company is closely studying the comic book storylines. That's what I'm trying to say here. I, I, I believe that all they care about are the movies. And then I'm just like, I, 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 I almost don't understand even why they've stopped doing the comics. Like, did the comics just stop selling? Yes. Right, okay. That's yeah, what I no, mean. the characters changed so much, the storylines became so right. garbage that, uh, yeah, people just dropped them. Right, just okay. So it was, just, them. it was almost like boom and bust. And I guess they don't have the um, the loyalty factor that keeps like a book like... Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, always going no matter what because there's always enough. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they didn't have that much <clears throat> um, 
what do you want to call it? Uh, uh, Cache. History. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so to speak. Okay, now that makes more sense. It's almost like they were a fan's favourite, and then when the when it got abandoned, the fans just abandoned it because they're like, well, we don't like what you're doing anymore. We liked what you were doing before, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's well, again, they've misread their market, and I don't know anything about Heather Antos, but I, I do know that it seems like she has no idea what she's doing, you know? That, I will say that. Like, having, having followed her career over this sort of era... Uh, she does stumble from one mess to another. Now, I don't believe that all her own created messes, but she's certainly not good at fixing them, you know, um, which is part of the challenge of being an editor. If you're coming in, many an editor's taken over a failing book, you know, and turned it around with the right team. Like, that's a tale as old as time in comics, you know? Mm. So you can't always just say, oh, well, it's failing, and I just helped it fail more. Yeah, well, your job is actually to try to turn it around, you know? I understand not every book you'll turn around, but you've got to turn around some, you know, otherwise you're pointless. You know, Correct. A monkey could do this job. Um, yeah. I, I also don't know why you'd hire her if she's so hated as well. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, what's so special about her? Like, other than the, that she was in that photo 10 years ago, I don't see anything really good or bad about her. She seems very mediocre. I, I wouldn't hire someone who has a negative connotation is what I'm trying to say. I'd hire someone who doesn't have a negative connotation, sort of behind the scenes. I don't, I don't want the person who's famous for, for I don't know, for whatever reason and, and associated with failure. That's who I don't want in my company, you know? Agreed. So, But, again, I, somehow people have this, this, this ability to fail upwards. It's some amazing. do, yeah. Some do. I've I've seen it myself. Some well, some people just it's it's like their Teflon, and mm. you know, and and um, and also she's one of the very few people names of editors people know. For some reason, even I know it, and I barely even understand. It, and I remember now why. But that, but well, she's definitely infamous. Yeah, yeah. But but if it like wasn't her. for that photo, I would have no idea who she is. Like I, I've, I, I honestly, no offense to her, I would have no idea. It's just that that photo was a big thing, like ten years ago, and I happened to be following it when it was on Twitter that day. You know, honestly, like she's one of those rare people who had that sort of literally two seconds of of sort of comic book fame. And hilariously, though, I think that's helped her getting hired in other places. You know, because people mm. people know a name. That's that's it's like don't even know why we know it, but we do. Like I couldn't name. Oh, yeah, she could just be like, oh, you know, they attacked me, and I'm so good at my job and shit and all that. Like, um, yeah, it's yeah, it like yeah. I suppose whether you've got a name, whether it's a good or a bad name, is that's what I'm trying to say. You can do something. That's what yeah. I'm. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm, agreeing, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, dude. Like, if you said to me, "Who's the editor of Iron Man right now?" I have no fucking idea. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, true, I, yeah. I, I don't like most people. I would have no idea. I know some of the older editors from back in the day, but that's only because they've been so celebrated and stuff. And like, you know, like you, 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 you know, you're Archie Goodwin, you're Daniel Nils. Those I understand and get. But in general, I, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I'd struggle name hardly anybody, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not working that closely with the fucking industry that I need to care, you know, really, honestly, a good editor to me is almost invisible, you know, to the general public, you know, 
He's I don't a, know, but we did used to know the editors back in the day. Like, I suppose because a lot of the editors were, were former writers and all that sort of stuff. So, true, you know, we, we, we had faith in them. Like, I don't believe she had any writing credits before she came an editor. So, sure. Yeah. Well, she's no Diddy O'Neill. There's an editor, you know, who is also a writer who was, I consider, top of the fucking pile, you know? It's almost like that question of, like, do you feel like an ex-player makes a better manager and coach or someone who's never well, played the game? Uh, it depends. Again, like, Karen Berger? I, I think you would say, yes, there's the odd one who can, but I think generally you would say having the experience mm. is more helpful because you understand. You know, it's like, if, let's say you're an air, for me, right? I'm in retail. Let's say a guy comes in as an area manager who has no experience selling my goods right let's say okay i sell electronics let's say he comes from woolworths yep right and then he's telling me how to do my job and you kind of go look he may be right but also there's a level of like well hang on a second what you said doesn't make sense you don't understand what i go through or like mm. the, the the shit that i got to do to close it like you know what i mean it's like it's one of the things where i do think it's preferable that you have experience but it doesn't mean that you can't get like you. You can't be one of those like rare people who, who can do the job. Maybe sure. you've studied it and you've immersed yourself, and so you're good at it. But I just don't think she's that person. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Oh, no. I don't think she's the person that can just have the skill and the talent. To I, I think she's that. the person who got lucky that she got famous for two seconds. You know, and it's, mm. and it has actually ironically helped her career. Uh, bounce around, you know, because she has a name. That's that's about all. Like it, me- it means, it's just one of those. You see it happen all the time in business. The, the, it happens to some people, you know, and you know they bounce around too because uh, usually, if they're not competent, you know, at what they do, they get found out. But funnily enough, they also have some sort of a cachet about them, whether it's connections or whatever, or you know, whatever the reason is, and they just sort of bumble around and like relatively high-paying jobs, and they're not good at it, you know, <laughs> by an objective standpoint. You know, they're not good at the job, but it, it's some for some reason it doesn't matter, you know, um, for, mm. some, for some people, you know, and also it depends on the job, you know, if it's sort of more, how can I say, soft skills, um, they can get away with it a bit more. You know, it, it, you know, it's not a, a job that can be so easily measured. You know, there are, I have, seen, I have seen it happen in business occasionally, very occasionally, but I have seen it happen. And you do think, am I the only one who just thinks this person is just the worst at their job? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even care. I'm just like, I'm, you know, but you're not the only one. It's no one, but no one cares. I think with her, it's just a case she got internet famous. If she was the internet famous... I, I think should be completely forgettable, you know. Yeah, um, probably. Like, yeah. Okay, I can. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Starfield is more Oblivion than Skyrim, according to Xbox boss Phil Spencer. I I don't even know what to make of that comment. Like, what does that mean, Richard? Like, oh, so Skyrim and Oblivion are actually two very different games, uh, Dave. Like, um, I love both. Skyrim is um, is actually a little bit smaller. Than Oblivion, and is a little bit more, I, I guess, uh, maybe structured. Mm. Um, even though you can go off and do sort of stuff, um, I think what they mean by is more Oblivion is that you can literally just go and do whatever you want. Right. Okay. Like as soon as you start the game, you can like 
when uh, in Elder Scrolls, as soon as you do that dungeon part mm-hmm. and you get out, you can literally just go anywhere you want. Mm. But uh, like with Skyrim, the, it's still like it wants you to go on that story. Yeah. You know, like it wants you to follow the story. But yeah, there's some side quests you can do, but it's a little bit more structured. Like it's kind of like wanting, it's kind of like pushing you, like, come on, go this way, go this way. There's there's yes. story here. If you I, go this having, way. having played a lot of both, uh, I can tell you that Skyrim really sells that story harder than Oblivion does. You know, to, I I feel in the in the game. Whereas in Oblivion, dude, when I was playing that game back in the day, I swear to God, I wasn't doing anything with the main story for fucking ages. I mean, I mean nothing. You know, like I I I know it was there. I know it's cool, but it just there was just so much to do in Skyrim. There's a ton to do. But I do believe they make a much bigger deal of the main story in 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 Skyrim. You know? Yes. I um both are incredible games though, I guess. So I'm I'm all but he's not saying it in some negative like yeah. oh it's better. He's saying the style is more uh, oblivion than You know, um, that that's actually good for me. I he's I, trying to yeah. I guess he's trying to give people um giving them correct expectations. So, like, if you really love Skyrim and you think you're getting another Skyrim, he's just trying to say, "Listen, it's not, mm. it's not like Skyrim. If you enjoyed Oblivion and, and if you know Oblivion, it's more like that." Is it going to have the radiant? What do they call it? Quest thing still, or are they moved away from that? Oh no, no, they they still. That's kind of what they're famous for. Is it's oh. kind of how they do it. Um, it's how they add extra content. I doubt that's going away. Okay, cool. How about this? Uh, I want a discussion on AI here. There's a lot more to come from James Dean. With AI, there's no rest for the dead. Apparently, there's a new movie coming out with James Dean. Um, I, it, it's sort of like a sequel to Rebel, the, uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Um, all AI, signed off by the estate. Um, what do you think, Rich? I'm just typing in the details here so I can give you more details about it. But what do you think about this? Uh, look, I mean... If the state's happy with it, then the we, state's happy with it, eh? Uh, here we go. So, expert, blah, 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 he died at age 24, uh, two po- post-Oscar nominations, um, only did the three movies. Yeah, so the... Right, okay, <laughs> this is interesting. Um, the BBC is reporting Dean's Creek continue in a new film called Back to Eden a science fiction story about a journey across the United States with Dean. Wow. It's going to be interesting, like, from one sense, to actually see if this movie comes out on, you know, main cinemas, even. You know? Like, what's the... Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I'm kind of interested. I was a huge James Dean fan. Like, I was massive. Um, just enormous fan. And even the fact that it's a science fiction movie, I mean, that's not something he ever did, you know? Mm. Um, you just did squeal for him, did you? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really like James Dean. I think he was fantastic. But, but um, I like James Dean. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm puzzled. I think you know by how, how, firstly, how will it look? C- have they got the technology now to really make it look like him? Because I, I remember seeing ads. Back in like the nineties or early two thousands with like Humphrey Bogart and stuff, and they seem to be exactly like them, you know. But when yeah, you... but again, they wouldn't. Have, I'm I'm 
pretty sure they would not have done that without um, uh, approval. Yeah, I, I get that, but I'm, forget about that. I'm just saying when I say when I watched the Peter Cushing thing in um, Rogue One, I could tell that was fake. When I saw Luke in Mandalorian, it looked fake as fuck. Um, you know, but then why did the Humphrey Bogart stuff look so good back in the early 2000s? Was that because it was actual footage of him just interspersed into a cafe? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, were they taking just footage of Humphrey Bogart and splicing it into a cafe? So it was actually him, per se, as opposed to a digital recreation. That's what I'm trying to say here. Because I always find the digital recreations, I can still really tell. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, look, we're not at the point of... um, We're certainly not at the point of of, uh, believable stuff. We're we're definitely not there. Okay. So you're saying that this James Dean, I'll be able to tell. That's a shame. That's a real shame. Yes. Just like you could tell it wasn't uh, Luke Skywalker. He looked really bad. And fucking, don't get me started on Carrie Fisher in Rogue One. She looked horrible. Peter Cushing. That's my point. We're not, we're not there yet. Like, if, if I think we're there to fool people in a picture, mm. but not a moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, not, not a moving thing, I think. I think we're, we're quite far from that. Is the computers good enough to get the voices, though? I would think that'd be easier for the computer. It's to... oh, it's definitely getting there. It's definitely getting there, for sure. Wow, I just want my Rat Pack movie. If they could do the Rat Pack movie with like the behind the scenes stuff with Frank and Sammy and Dean, I'd watch that. You know, get right in behind the scenes of what really went down in the sixties with those guys. I'd be fucking all over that. I just see Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin just lounging back, talking poolside. You know? Yeah, you'd love it. I fucking love, love it. it. Yeah. Angie Dickinson might be giving one a blowjob or something. Like, you know, like... Jeez, and there you go too far. <laughs> I'm just trying to add some vers- versimilitude. And there you go too far. Hey, I'm just putting... It doesn't need to be her. Could be someone else. Like, I'm just trying to paint a picture for the audience. Could be someone else. I just need that to happen, though. Like, it could be someone else, but that must happen. <laughs> Doesn't it? I want I want the proper story, man. Like, how many times have I said to you, I just want the fucking wild shit. You don't believe that any of those stories are like embellished or bullshit. Like, no, they hundred percent. I I just want the fucking story. I want it playing out, man. Like, like I'm flying the wall style. I don't need like a big soppy fucking love story and stuff. I want the fucking crazy shit that went on, like Sammy loaded on cocaine in the 70s, you know what I mean? Like, up to his eyeballs in it. Just partying hard, man. You know, like, give me give me the full story, man. Like, give it to me. Uh, AI, I, I'd accept it for Sinatra, man. But I can't imagine Sinatra's estate wanting to do it. I mean, I could see them wanting to do some movies, but I can't see them signing off on what I'm picturing. Of course you know? not. <laughs> <laughs> you got to wait for all of them to be dead, and guess what, Dave? You'll be dead. Too. Sinatra's dead. What are you talking about? He's dead. No, the dead. whole estate, all of his family, all of his estate—they'd all have to be dead for you to get what you want. But, but by that point, be, you'd be dead too. But there'll be someone who'll always have a piece of the pie. Like right now, it's um, you know, the wife and the kids. But yeah, like, someone so far removed they couldn't give a shit. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Good point, Rich. And again, you'll be long dead by then. Sorry, buddy. Uh, we'll see. 
But, I don't know. I, I, I just want it, man, so bad. You know, like, I love those stories, like, unvarnished. Like, and so you'd shoot it almost like... Have you seen the Grateful Dead movie from the 70s? Have you seen that movie? It's pretty cool. And they, they film all this stuff, and it's really off the cuff, and they, they get Jerry quite disarmed and stuff. Like, you know, Jerry is really suspicious of the whole movie. He just really has a problem with them doing it. And he confronts them a couple of times in his Jerry way. And, like, what do you guys really think you're achieving here? That kind of stuff. And you, But you get some really cool snapshots because of the Grateful Dead and because they're a bit hippy-dippy and a bit, like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, they let when they let the cameras in, you do see some real cool bits and pieces, like behind-the-scenes stuff that you wouldn't normally see because it's the Grateful Dead and because they were sort of a bit more fuck it, basically, you know? Um, there's some cool stuff that goes on. So that's the kind of shit I'd like to see. Yeah, I, I'd love to see that kind of shit. Like, you've got to make I mean, it interesting. You've got to make it interesting. Man. We don't, well, you've got to make it interesting, man. We just don't want the same hits played over and over, you know? Give me Frank back at the I fucker. I prefer to just listen to the music. I don't really need a biopic. Oh, man, yeah, no. I, you know, get the, the song's playing. Sinatra's there, slumped out across the desk, drinking Jack Daniels, smashes a picture of Ava Gardner, you know? And just a whole lot of shit going on. Meanwhile, Dean's just having the time of his life downstairs. You know? Like, so much going on in my head here. I can just, I'm picturing, like, multiple movies, man. Sammy. Sammy just cutting it up, man. You know, at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. Wow. Big, great stuff. That's what I... I like, everyone's always against AI. I'm, I'm actually picturing multiple, multiple movies. <laughs> But I also wonder if anyone in the world other than me is interested. I mean, there's probably about 40 people, you know, who'd be interested in what I'm picturing. <laughs> like, there's some real Sinatra hardcore fans. Um, now, this is awesome. Um, on this day in 2009, Bob Dylan revealed during his weekly radio show broadcast on S Music that he was speaking to a number of car companies about becoming the voice of their satellite navigation systems. I am talking to a couple of car companies about becoming the voice of their GPS system. I think it would be good if you're looking for directions and hear my voice saying something like, left at the next street. No, or right. You know what? Just go straight. I probably shouldn't do it because whichever way I go, I always end up at one place, Lonely Avenue. <laughs> wow. Jesus. Jesus. That's deep, man. Lonely Avenue. Bad. Lonely Avenue. Heartbreak Hotel. That's it's right across the road from Heartbreak Hotel, man. I think I think Bob Dylan's even said that line. That's great stuff. I love it when people talk like that. Lonely Avenue. I always end up at one place. Lonely Avenue. It's like something out of a fucking dime store detective book, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I love that kind of stuff, man. That reminds me of Bob Dylan in his biography, where he says he prefers the old news to the new news, and he prefers the news about the Titanic sinking and stuff. And he goes to the library all the time reading all the old news. Fair enough. He doesn't like the new news. He likes the old news. <laughs> um, it's a bit odd. As part of its recently publicised cutbacks, Bioware has let go of Lucas Chris Johnson, the lead writer behind Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 and the writer of the first three Dragon Age games, Mary Kirby. Uh, Chris Johnson is widely credited for not just bringing us the original Baldur's Gate games, but also credited as a writer behind some of gaming's most iconic characters, including Minsk and Mass Effect's Joker. You, you, you know who these people are, wouldn't you, Rich? You're all over these games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so they let him go, man. You know, so apparently that was a bit of a scandal. Um, to what so- was the scandal then? That they let go of industry legend Rich, because Bioware have shed all this stuff. Well, you know, Bioware. I, I would say, would you say circling the drain? You know, get, shedding stuff. Uh, pretty much, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. I don't think anyone cares. I don't think anyone cares about them anymore. Yeah, <clears throat> if uh, we're being honest. Yeah, for sure. Um, be honest. Two songwriters have the chance to win $40,000 studio time and more with the first annual Bob Dylan Centre Songwriter Fellowship. Wow. Bob is bringing out the cash, man. 40K. Yeah, he must be desperate now, right? No, no. He's giving the money away, man. No, he's desperate for, for content. <laughs> Dude, I don't think he's desperate for content, man. It's his way of giving back, man. Like, Jesus Christ. This is Bob Dylan. We don't talk badly about Bob Dylan. He's not Jesus. Relax, bro. No, I'm not going to relax. Um, he's, like, literally, dude, put his hand into his wallet here. And he's like, fuck, I've got a lot of money. That's <laughs> the first thing he's like. He's <laughs> like, fuck, I'm rich. Um, and there's a fellowship. I, I think it's great. It's, if anything, he could pump the numbers a little bit. I think 40K is a bit low. You you have to be not signed to a label, a major label. That, that's the only thing. So it's, it's pretty open. And... You get um, also time with his uh, archives and stuff like that. I think he's got a lot of stuff stored away. So I think it's really cool. I, I'm all for it. Johnny Cash was always very, very, very helpful towards young songwriters and musicians and stuff. He, he, he lent a helping hand many times in his career. He was he was never afraid to sort of listen to someone and if you like what he heard, recommend them to the to the record company and stuff. Give them a bit of a leg up. That was Johnny Cash. Well, that's nice. That's nice. He's the man in black, dude. You know, came out of the depression. Bought in a shotgun shack. You know, all that stuff working in the cotton fields. And he, it's all true. That's all true. And then he made it big, man. I'm Johnny Cash. What a fucking No, I like, I like Johnny Cash. He's fine. I fucking love Johnny Cash. Jesus Christ, I wish he'd come back. Rise from the dead. You like a lot of old men. It's weird. I've always liked I've always liked Bob Dylan, Johnny Cash, man. Always, like seriously, as far as I'm concerned, they're top of the fucking field. You know, top of the field, man. Hard to beat them. Like almost top impossible. of the pops. Almost impossible to beat them, basically. Uh, how about this? Kellis and Bill Murray broke up after two months of dating. Rich, you know, remember Kellis? <gasps> My milkshakes bring all the boys to the yard. That that chick. Remember her? Uh, barely. Yeah, barely. It was, a, it was a long time ago. Well, she's still around, and she was briefly dating Bill Murray, who's aged about 40 years older than her. Uh, but it's over, Rich. Romance is dead, my friend. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. I know. Wowee. I hope, I hope Bill got his pleasure while he could, because I saw a picture of him. He looked like he's fucking close to death. Um, He really looked like he was struggling for form in the photo I saw. Like, um, you know, you don't want to have the photo when you're like, ooh, no makeup there. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> I've seen it myself in my own photos." You're like, "Oh my god, the light!" Uh, like when we saw Ethan Hawke. Oh yeah, Jesus, Ethan Hawke. He is. Um, he when he looked, when he looked like a zombie. Yeah, he he really has aged like a lot. Some people just, you know, I don't want to be critical. Like, it's just. Their face really shows their age. He has that face where he was so baby-faced and then, you know, he, um, it just, yeah, wow. 
it's like every year really left the mark on Ethan Hawke's face kind of thing. See someone else who that happened to, Robert Redford, actually. For someone who was so incredibly good-looking, um, he really, really, really aged. I mean, it happens to us all. I mean, I'm, but I'm just saying they're, they're two examples, you know? Um, now, Weekly Comics, Rich. Oh, actually, before we get comics, I have a shopping with the gang. I'm going to pick up the Phantom Stranger omnibus that's coming out later this year. Uh, I read a uh, Phantom Stranger Secret Orange issue, which Adam the Computer recommended, and in one of the stories, it's basically, I think, four stories. And they all give a secret, you know, a different origin story to Phantom Stranger. And one of them, he's the Wandering Jew. Um, and he hates Jesus because when Herod said he has to kill the um, children, remember? Like when they he's trying to kill the saviour. Um, and so this guy lost his child and his wife got killed by the soldiers so he hates jesus when jesus comes around he hates it because he remembers that anyway and he um <laughs> subs in for this roman soldier who was about to whip jesus to do the deed himself and like fully whips jesus and kind of gets damned and he's forever known as the one he's he's the wandering stranger kind of thing like it's 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 it's, it's a sort of like different slightly different take on the wandering jew legend um and I was like, man, Phantom Stranger is a complete prick. Um, but that was just one example. There was a couple. There was one by um, Alan Moore where he's like a fallen angel. Um, it was pretty interesting Secret Origins. Did you ever read the Secret Origins stories, Rich? Uh, yeah, yeah, back in the day, yeah. They were great. Yeah, yeah. So this is what this was from. Um, so anyway, this Phantom Stranger omnibus does stuff from the very beginning, the 50s and 60s, but it goes all the way through to the 80s. So it's a really good collection. I'm going to get it and put it next to my Spectre omnibus on my shelf. So that's happening, Rich.
Now, weekly comics. We had three comics this week, Rich. First one, Mark Wade showed me he still can write comics. Last Days of Lex Luthor 1. I mean, I found it very mm. enjoyable. And, like, Jesus Christ, Mark Wade, stick to the adults after last week's fiasco where little Davey um, kind of was calling for a public beheading in the square at one point, I think. Um, that can be cancelled, Rich. Um, he's back in my good books after this issue. Yeah. Wow. He's. I'm a fickle ruler, am I, Rich? You know what I mean? Like, you want to catch me on a good day if you're coming up against me because I'm more inclined to do the old thumbs down, you know? That is true. <laughs> no, but I really – what did you think of this one? I really enjoyed it. No, I, I I really enjoyed it. It kind of gave me um, also Superman vibes. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, like, um, but kind of reversed. Sure. Like yeah. in in also Superman, it's, it's Superman who's dying. That's right. Yeah. And in this one, it's Lex Luthor that's dying. So I, I quite like that. Um, again, that's why I say like Wade is talented, right? He's got he's got that experience. He's got that history that he can pull. From, oh yeah from other stories and even if it's elsewhere stories and or non-canon stories or all-star whatever you want to call it and and actually yeah it's been an entertaining sort of story and i really enjoyed it um i mean maybe superman was a little bit too stiff off of a lip but um i quite liked how uh lex was goading him and you know tricks him and then publicizes you know what i mean and sure and people are like, what the hell? Is I was like, yeah, it's really good. I, I for a first issue, um, really enjoyed it, and we'll definitely check out the next issue. Oh, 100%. Sure. I actually think we should keep doing this through the show. Um, yeah. Why not? I mean, dude, there's so much crap out there. If we find something good, you know what I mean? Like, it, Lash it, onto it, it, dear life. Fuck it. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, like, we're so desperate for anything fucking halfway decent in terms of these... <laughs> Sad. New comics, so like, but this was actually good. I, I will say this: yeah, was, it was, was, it, good, yeah. was it Brian Hitch on art? Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Well, it was good artwork as well, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, I'm giving it an eight out of ten. I I very much enjoyed this one. Yep. Uh, I cannot disagree with that score. Okay. Good. Well, there you go, Richard. Nice to see you agreeing with me for once. Um, then we had DC Comics from time to time. DC Comics presents eighty-seven. Can I say what a fantastic fucking cover? Superman and Superboy. This was my dream, actually, when I when I first got into like comics. I was always obsessed with Superman and Superboy meeting. I used to, as a kid, be like, "Man, it's so cool that Superboy's like young Superman, and then he grows up and he is Superman." Then I'd be like, "Well, wow, what if the two of them met? I wonder what they talk about." <laughs> I used to go through my head. <laughs> you, you get a bit of head cannon. You get, you get it. Get it in a loop. Now I thought. This was really interesting. And also, what I did not realise, this is an old issue, by the way, kids, from the 80s, around Crisis. Um, this is the origin of Superboy Prime, actually, I realised. Did you mm. realise that? This is the Superboy that turns totally evil. Yeah that's, the, yeah, that's the bad guy. Yeah, but this is before he's bad. No, I know. This is, dude. This is well before that. That's fucking decades before. Yeah, that. but uh, but like, man, I'm such an innocent that I was like, I feel like I know this Superboy. Like he's from the real world, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I mean, I, that's I funny. my brain was going, I feel I know this, and then I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Jeff Johns loves this character, and then he turns into like the fan, the rabid fan kind of thing, mm -hmm. doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool actually. Like. 
But what a what a entry point. Like, man, didn't they corrupt this character? Fuck. But he was kind of a dick, actually, though, as well. Can I say that from the beginning? Like, like you know, he was kind of a loser. And, yeah, uh, like, I, I didn't really... I never really understood that he was um, even around before. I, I thought Jeff Johns created him. I didn't realise that, that Subo Prime was a thing. Um... But it was cool, and then I also liked the um, origin of Superboy Prime as well, that they put in the back piece, like where, where people are teasing him for having the name Clark Kent and saying he's a Superboy mm. who bleeds and stuff. Like, It's pretty cool, man. Like, What did you think of this issue, dude? Because I enjoyed it. Yeah, I quite liked it, and <clears throat> I liked that there was a different take on, on Superboy as well. It's a weird take. Yeah, It's one of those things, DC had this thing where... Um, uh, uh, if a, a lot of the alternate worlds had comics of the other world, yeah, you know, like they did that in the Flash and stuff and all that. Oh, yeah, it's so sure. bizarre. <clears throat> um, but at least the, you know the, it, it's giving Superman his Flash moment of like, oh, there's two different ones and uh, they don't exist. Um, it was an interesting story. Um, I like how the parents are just so nonchalant, like oh, massively. Our boy's got powers now. Okay, cool. Well, uh, don't don't come home too late, sweetie. It's like, what the fuck is? You know what I mean? It's like they got no, no, no care that their son has got superpowers. No, they don't. Freak yeah. Like in the yeah. least, it's so funny. Um, but I liked it. It was interesting. Um, certainly better than the one that's coming up next. Wow. Oh, here we go. That's a you got to drop the bombshell here. So this one coming up was World's Finest two seventy one. Um, I want to say, I think it's Roy Thomas. Yeah, Roy Thomas. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm going to go in support of it here. Uh, I enjoyed it, man. It was all about all the different, um, I mean, for some reason they were obsessed with, it was, I believe it was the 200th anniversary of Batman and Superman teaming up in World's Finest. That was why they're making Mm. such a big deal out of it. Because it was basically a re-encapsulation of every origin of the two of the meeting, which I think was fun. Um, there was a, I was thinking about this during my walk today, and here's a question I have for you. I enjoyed this. I thought it was clever. I do think it was heavy-handed writing. Like, Roy Thomas really likes to, I don't know, it's like he really gets into the weeds. You know what I mean? Like, he really... Mm. Like oh, in this one, I got lost in the weeds. Yeah, I enjoyed this the was, story. This was, this was too weedy. Yeah, yeah, I probably agree. Although I will say, I really like the artwork. Um, and oh, I artwork was fine. Yeah, artwork was really good, and I like the concept of it actually too. I thought it had a concept. I don't think we needed to just constantly. It was like a skit where you know, like, and here's another origin. And, and here's another one. And, oh, yeah, that reminds me of this other one. And I was like, was this a parody? Um, there was a bit of that going on. Like, but, and definitely towards the end especially, like, there were whole fucking pages where these characters were just, like, monologuing. Like, like, really, really monologuing. Like, just, like, blah, 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 exposition dump. Fuck, some of the biggest exposition dumps I've ever seen in comics. 
Yeah, this is the, the, this is that. Like, remember that time? Remember that time? Remember that time? And then we get a fucking flashback. And remember that time? Yeah, but it was like the flashback of the flashback of the flashback. Yeah, and they did so many fucking like, hey, remember that time? Remember that we got to the end of the story, and I was like, I don't fucking know how that guy got to their Earth, or how they figured out that he was from a different Earth. Do you know what I mean? That we we spent so much time recapping. Sure. They're stupid adventures that make no sense, <laughs> right? Which, by the way, I, 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 I said this on the show before. This is the part of the older comics I do not like. Right. Where, like, and I'm so glad they got rid of that kind of uh, as canon of like young Bruce Wayne before he was even Batman went to Smallville <laughs> and discovered Superboy's identity and the general store of a fox and blah, blah, and I'm like I fucking hate that like they're, they're like oh but that wasn't the first time we really met this was the real time we really met and then, and then I mind wiped you and I'm like oh my fucking god this is the part of comics and then, like, and I, then I mind like wiped myself as well yeah um, <laughs> we spent so much time doing that that when the other Superman from Earth 2 shows up and goes, this is actually my villain, it's like, okay, fine, but how did he get to this Although Earth? I do... Coffin. I do like... i got to be honest. I There's a reason I'm buying the Silver Age stuff as well. I do like the kitschy element of it as well. I find it fun. I no, it's, fun. it's enjoyable, but it's still, like, infuriating. Well, what makes time. it worse is, I think, in all fairness to Roy Thomas, I, I think he is one of those guys who really, like, gives a shit about trying to make it all make sense. And it doesn't make sense, Roy. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times comics were flying by the seat of their pants. You, it doesn't all need to tie in together like it's one, you know, like a person's life, because it, it doesn't. You know, it, it, do, it doesn't now, you know? Um, but I, one part I really do like is the bit where Superboy looks in his computer of the future or something and sees that him and his Superman and Batman are best friends. And he's like, oh, I just want to be friends with him now. <laughs> it's like, like, it's such a for him. flimsy logic, but it, it's kind of cute. Oh, like, and also, in, uh, Robin technically met him first. Yeah, yeah. Because he yeah. went back in time and it's like... Jesus, like, I can't believe they did these stories. Oh, well, I mean, I, I can believe it because, you know, I look, I don't mind the stories, but I think what made this, what I would love to know is how this landed in 81, because this is when this comic came out in 81, and I'm not sure you needed to have such a complicated retelling of everything. I get that that was his, like, obviously Roy Thomas was probably having a whale of a time, it sounds like, you know? But it almost felt like a bit of a personal project um, to me, like because it was kind of humorous. Like, oh yeah, remember that time we met, and then but then we met before as well, and then we met before as well. And when he was like, and then I mind wiped you, and then I want mind wiped myself a few years later on, <laughs> just to be sure. Uh, like it was like, man, did these guys? I thought they were going to get back to meeting in the fucking maternity ward or something because it just felt like they'd been best friends forever. Like in Bruce Wayne, yeah, they have. They've literally been BFFs their whole lives and not even known it, bro. Come on, yeah. Bruce Wayne was attention? spent like a semester or something in Smallville and like found out his identity, like did some hijinks, which I did for the work for the mob in Smallville. Apparently, mob <laughs> there was a mob boss in Smallville. It's like, come on, 
Ah, well, a lot of stuff was going on in Smallville. It Look, boy. it's fun, but also I was just like, man, this is just going... I felt, the problem with this book is it just felt like it went on forever. Like, no, I'm not going to lie. Like, it was so slow, and it was just such a... It, you know that in TV, when they they need to have one more episode, so they just do a yeah a, a filler recap where they literally just go, again, remember that time? Clip remember show. that time? Clip, the clip remember show. Remember that time? Yeah. Clip shows. And I didn't... Yeah, I just didn't... I didn't enjoy it. Like, um, I would have probably preferred reading those actual. Which, by the way, I think we did actually read the the young Bruce Wayne, uh, Superboy one because I remember the the Lana stuff right. and all that. And and she okay. when she said, "I won't go on a date with you unless you find out," you know, right. Superboy's okay. secret and all that. So I do I, I do remember us reading that, and that was far better than this recap oh, yeah. book. No, well, in all fairness to Roy Thomas, I often find his superhero stuff quite the chore. You know. Um, especially it can be when you're doing stuff like this, but I think if you're just telling an interesting story, like he's fine. Yeah, I agree. I know I've I've read plenty of stuff I really enjoy, but I've read stuff like this before where I'm like, oh my god, like I I can only give it a six out of ten. I will say I thought the concept of it was okay, and the villain was okay, you know. But it was there was, there was a lot of unnecessary clutter. So convoluted though. Yeah, yeah. So six out of ten. I'm giving the previous comic uh, a seven, the one with Superboy and Superman. I'm giving that a seven. Yeah, again, I I concur with those scores. Yep. Now, our trade of the week uh, was Hitman Volume 3. Um, this was issues, I think, 9 to 14 of Hitman. What a great title. Can I just say that? Garth Ennis and John McRae, we're going to have John McRae on the show in about a month. We'll certainly discuss some Hitman. Um, really just a lot of fun. And Green Lantern shows up in this one, Rich. Carl Rainer Greenland. Yeah. Carl Rainer Greenland. But, like, what an irreverent, funny take. But also, this is what I love about this comic. It's irreverent, it's satirical, but there's a little bit of heart there and there's a wry sense of humour. Um, I think this is everything that's good about Garth Ennis in the 90s. I really think this is top-notch stuff. And... You know, the, the humour of it, you just don't see that kind of humour where they're teasing Green Lantern and stuff. But, like, it's done in a very kind of almost realistic way that you could imagine banter in a bar being done. Um, I, I thoroughly... In, I love Hitman in general. I'm up to about issue 30 in my read. But, I, I mean, I love it in general, but it was a pleasure to come back and read these issues and I was like, man, I'd forgotten how funny this arc was. And, like, when Sean, like, pulls out the big fucking huge machine gun, like, from behind the bar when those guys come in. Uh, and then, I don't know, what did you think of this, man? Because it's, it's it, I really enjoy this Hitman stuff. You there, Rich? Enjoyed for the most part. Oh, sorry, Rich, um, can, Rich, can you, can you, I think we lost you there for a second. Can you just, if I give you a one, two, three, can you start again? Yep. Okay, one, two, three. So I actually do enjoy it for the most part. In fact, I probably enjoyed more when the other superheroes are not involved. Yes. Like the 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 zombie aquarium storyline that they did yes. and all that sort of stuff. Uh, because my only issue with this, because it takes place in the DC universe, like he's a character that lives there, mm. I think it only for me it only works if you actually write the DC heroes exactly how they are. Like the way Green Lantern was carrying on, oh, yeah. like he came across as such a um super friends 
Hold the evil doer thing and all that sort of stuff. I was like, Carl Rayner doesn't talk like that. No, I don't think I I don't think Garth Ennis has ever read a Carl Rayner comic. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, if you're gonna do it, like, I feel like you need that juxtaposition of like you can't write them goofy too because then it feels like it's a parody and not that he actually sure exists in that world. So kind of when Green Lantern showed up, I was like, okay, now I'm a little bit out. Like, I'm not enjoying it as much because. A Green Lantern just coming across as like it, a parody. It was humor. It was humorous though. Like that part where uh, Six Pack saying to him, he, he, "He can't join the Justice Club and all this," and then he's like, "I'm Green Lantern because you don't look like him." Other new one? Oh, we don't take only original models. Yeah, no, like that's funny. Like that still is fine. It's more Carl's dialogue sure. and yeah. and the way he's carrying on. Like, uh, but as I said, other than that, when it's all the other stuff, yeah, like. Um, uh, I said, like the aquarium one, um, and like even in the volume before that, where he, he the two headed guy and yes, uh, Johnny Navro, whatever the guy's name, like that stuff was all cool. Like, I got no issues with that. Like, it's really good. I just wish that if you're gonna set it in the world, like, f- I feel like Deadpool works when the others don't acknowledge that he breaks the fourth wall and all that sort of shit. Like, oh, sure, yeah. Because then it makes him seem more odd. So I kind of feel like this is really good, but stick to maybe making the heroes feel like they normally would be in a book. And he he always does them a bit cartoony. I mean, they're not in it a lot, the other heroes. No, no, no. He, like, yeah, other than that, it's mostly his own yeah. stuff and adventures and stuff. And I really enjoy those. Like, I, I, was la- I was literally laughing with the uh, zombie fish aquarium one and all that. Gold. It's absolutely gold. Hand when they didn't have to, and all that. <laughs> I'd love to see like an animated um, uh, series of Hitman. I reckon it'd be awesome. I love. That's that... a shame they didn't because I mean they did it for Spawn, so I think something like that would have definitely worked for this. Well, they're bringing out the Hitman Omnibus next year. I'm definitely picking up. Will you pick up the Omnibus, Rich? Where are you on that? For Hitman, no. I will. I'll I enjoy it, but like there's other stuff I need to buy. Can like... you imagine me reading that one curled up, man? I I love it, dude. I... I even love the end of that one where he's got all the money riding on the... Um, I just love the dialogue. I was reading it b- before the show where he's like, I want this break for Pat, not me. He's dead and gone, and I'll miss him forever, but I want to win-, I want to win for him tonight. I want to hear Gotham roar, and that could be his epitaph. And the fact it's fixed, hell, he'd like that even more. There's the wind-up, there's the pitch, and Jimmy Quinnan sends it to the moon, and he hits the home run. And I'm like, Garth Ennis has some heart. You know what I mean? Like, he... It's mm. almost like he hides it. Like he's, I don't know, his his character is actually quite likable in a way. Like yeah, he's definitely. Yeah. Like yeah, he's not a character where you're like, "Fuck, Jesus, this is like a despicable character." Or whatever. You no, know, he's got like, a real sense of humor. And what I love about it, he's got the sense of humor. He makes a self depreciating joke or something. He makes the joke like a normal person would make a joke. Do you know what I mean? Like he's mm. got a sense of humor. He, but he's not just a walking punchline guy. You know. He, it's more character based, I guess, is the way to describe it. Like, I find it very authentic. I think Garth Ennis, in general, is an, a very good writer. But my God, I love it here because although it's there's a lot of violence and there's loss, there's also a lot of humor in this book. And I think he balances like a lot of different shades in one book. And it was fun going back. Uh, and reading this one where he was just starting the relationship with the police officer, yeah? 
And mm-hmm. I, I mean, oh man, I'd forgotten that because you forget. I'm I'm like 34, 33, and you know, and a lot happens in Hitman. Hitman's a pretty fast moving book. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I had a real pleasure to read. Really interested to get John McRae on. We're going to ask him about Hitman. Going to ask him about some of his work with um, 2000 AD and Garth Ennis back then, and then other stuff as well. Um, I mean, the art really adds to the Hitman character, don't you think, Rich? Don't you think that like Oh, the art's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. the art is, is, is really great. And in fact, I love that the stuff isn't even drawn properly. Yeah, like um, the, there's sometimes where like the background you can see that it's like just um, done weirdly and not even like it gives it a more comical nature. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. The um, whole thing no, is the, the art. The art nails it. It's it's deep shadows. It's it's yeah no. Uh, the art is is a joy. He's um, a really good artist, YouTube. man. Like, you know what I think? I've worked out. It's very likable. Like the whole thing is, it's a likable comic. You like the characters. He makes you care about them, and the artwork. It sort of just has its own feel. You know, you do feel you're in a hitman's world, um, and things are a bit different here. You know, like it's not as it's not as simplistic almost, as we're used to. And in... Because let's face it, a lot of superhero comics, there's a certain simplicity to them, you know, in the basis, and that's fine. But I, I like this this flavour, basically. I think it's really good. I mean, it had 60 issues, a couple of annuals. Um, it's a damn good comic. And can I say, Grant Morrison did Garth Ennis a real solid by putting Hitman in that issue of JLA, you know? Because just that appearance, when Hitman sh- turned up and said he just wanted to see Wonder Woman... Uh, you know, and scope out with his X-ray vision, like it was so funny. I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Like, who's just lobbed in? Like, it was, but he did it so well. Just it was it was Grant Morrison at his best, where he just understated almost. Like, he just gave him that brief moment that I was like, "Man, who's this guy?" Because he, he just went up a notch in my books with that humorous comment. Like, he had no interest in joining the JLA. You know what I mean? Like, none. And, yeah. you, and you read this comic and you realise that this is a character who couldn't give a fuck about the JLA, you know? Um, he hates all the superheroes and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, um, a real pleasure to read. I, I, gee. I mean, I don't say that he hates them. It's just that he doesn't respect them or no. doesn't really factor them in because they've lived such different lives. Like, exactly. Again, it's that, like, it's that hard luck sort of attitude of like i come from the yeah the gutter the the, the, the yeah the, the the gutter the the he's literally an author kitchen, all yeah. that sort of crap you know what i mean like the cops don't even come here you superheroes don't even come here or sure. and the one hero we did have night fist is literally stealing the drugs for yeah. himself and, and whatever so you know what i mean like um i kind of feel like it's it's more like he just doesn't he doesn't respect them. Not that he hates them. He just goes, "You just don't like. You don't even know what it's like." Um, and I, I love yeah, the way all the all the crowd was like hating on the cops when they came in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. Like, you know, because they're like, "Well, the, you don't normally see the cops." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, this down. Yeah, that was great. I mean, I'm giving this this honestly a nine out of ten. There's Gotham as well, so it shows that there's places that Batman doesn't even fucking go. Like, oh, definitely, Batman's like, yeah, that that place is fucked. I'm not going there. Yeah, no, it's beyond it's beyond um saving. I'm giving this a nine out of ten. I I think this is just a great little comic, and I I can't wait for the omnibus, and I can't wait to talk to John McRae. Yeah, no. What's the score? What's the scoreline, Rich? 
Oh, it's an 8.5. 8.5. I like it. I'm glad to see you've embraced the 0.5s, finally, after about 4,000 shows at last. Jesus. Oh, uh, just have, letting you have some fun. Yeah, man. Well, why not? Give me something, man. I mean, I battle back from death. You realise that? And, and they oh, always, you poor thing. And they always say that when you come back, you, you, you're going to be a change man. No, I'm going to keep doing what I was doing, just even more of it. Expect more of me, kids. <laughs> I'm going to take it up a fucking notch. <clears throat> Got to increase the rotation. Uh, yeah, so look, coming to the end of another show. Um, I think it's been a quieter news week this week, Ridge, but we've had a lot of fun, um, as always. And I want to say thank you to the listeners. Thank you to the Patreon supporters. Um, you can support the show. Very simple. Patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Uh, if you join up over the next two months, I'll give you uh, a free digital copy of Demon Soulfighter. Um on top of other bonus content, but you can just get that for joining up. Um, yeah, and, you know, we really thank you, and uh, we're proud members of the collective. You've got shows on there like Inner Demons with Brian Biggie. Um, you've Biggie. got Into the Night with Ray, obviously. Uh, and I was just on a show with Ray and Phil from Capes of Lunatics. We did Ultimate Spidercast, and I was pretty loose, man. It was, it was like 10.30 at night on a Sunday. I'd been sick. I'd ran out of just any fucks to give it all, Rich, and I just blazed. Tom Brevoort caught some fucking heat, man. I was in a mood. I was in a mood, dude. And at one point, Brevoort fucking entered the fucking line of fire, you know? And he, How could he? He cops some, man. Um, and he wasn't the only one as well. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you got Capes of Lunatics with Phil and Lilith. Uh, they do such a lot of good content, Ghost Spider Groupies, and plenty of other stuff. Um, Connor's got lessons of Krypton. We're talking about me coming back on to do another episode. Richard, anything you'd like to promote, tell the fans where they can find you. Uh, not, not too much. Again, uh, I, my Instagram is Farfetched Comics mm. um, with an X. Um, I haven't posted on there because I've actually been planning... It's mine and Alicia's anniversary oh. late in the month, so I've been oh. doing some planning and stuff and all that. Nothing I can say online in case she's are listening. Wow. Um, I thought so you were going to say you're planning a bank robbery or something. I was like, yeah. Okay. Oh, we should with the amount of money I'm spending. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to post my work on there. Um, also, shout out to, to Mitch, uh, who I think just also launched a book. Oh, uh, it's on it's on Amazon, <clears throat> Mitchell Hall. Uh, oh, I should I should have saved the link. Um, I'll get it and I'll shout it next time. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, he's Mitch. a great friend of the um, show, Mitchell Hall. I just remembered it, but I forgot to. I don't have the link handy with me. Um, but he's just launched his book. Um, okay. so that's nice to see. Um, yeah, that's it. Check okay. out my work. Um, I've got something planned. Nothing in the near, near future, but it will be in the future. Uh, what are the chances if someone said to you they want, like, topless models, like, commissions of that kind of stuff? <clears throat> possible? Or, or um, not? You know. not really my thing. Jeez. Oh, I mean, you just no fun. Like, if I was able to draw, that's a, you know, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Like, let's get the topless models in. Like, why not? Like, let's at least make this shit interesting. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit around drawing yeah, fruit all day. I don't know, Dave. I mean, <laughs> it's just weird to me. I mean, as someone who's got a girlfriend, just say to her, sweetie, lift your top up. Like, Yeah, yeah, but like... I need to stare at them and draw them. Yeah, like, but I just... It seems like such a waste. I don't really want to... I don't have the energy or time to draw them, but if I had the talent and the time. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really want to sit around drawing this shit. Like, but... I wouldn't but mind other people do. Others, others to do it. Yeah, I don't myself actually want to do it. Uh, 
<laughs> Maybe I'll do a Bob Kane and just put my signature down the bottom. <laughs> yeah, you would, wouldn't you? In the Bob Kane. Then flog it off later on. Oh, yeah, this is a work of genius. <laughs> my God, I was so inspired that day when I bought this painting off this kid on the street. <laughs> look at them titties. They look so real. <laughs> uh, look, on that note, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night. Great show, Rich. We killed it. Mm-hmm.